Welcome to the next episode of Comedy Guy. I got one more Zoom one. It's another lockdown episode. It's another episode about the early days of Comedy Estonia. It's Phil Schwartzman. He's an American who used to live in Helsinki and he's a real good friend of mine. Uh, 10 years ago when we were first doing the first Comedy Estonia shows, Phil was living in Helsinki. I had been living in Sweden, hanging out with Joe Egan. Maybe you saw the podcast with Joe Egan. And I had to get the fuck out of Sweden and my best choice of place to move was Helsinki. And think about that for a second, how fucked your life has to be when the best choice you have is moving to Helsinki. And uh, we just done the first Estonian shows, but they weren't really a thing yet or something like that. Uh, there's a comedy scene in Finland. Phil was there running this English comedy night at a venue called Manala, uh, close to the center. We still do comedy shows there to this very day. Um, and I helped him run that show. It was an easy ferry ride over to, to Tallinn to keep doing the Comedy Estonia shows that we just started. And Phil's a great guy. He's a funny guy, he's an enthusiastic guy. We were both just trying to fucking make it as comedians and improve and get better. And we just got good old stories about what it was like to start off and what it was like hustling in the old days when we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We didn't know what this whole thing was or nothing. And there's a great video that I'll link in the description of it's it's legit from 10 years ago. It's on YouTube and it's Phil and I handing out flyers on the streets of Helsinki in like November to like just pissed off Finnish people. And we're like, hi, you wanna come to the comedy show? And they're not having any of it. So we were hustling, we didn't know what we were doing. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to catch up with Phil. He lives in, uh, he got his golden parachute out of Finland. He lives in San Francisco now. And uh, yeah, just to catch up, it's a Zoom one. So the video is gonna be a bit dodgy, but hopefully I've got the good audio. And uh, yeah, just thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for the support. Thanks for all the good messages. And I'm glad that you guys uh, have liked uh, all the stuff we've been doing in lockdown. I intend to keep doing more videos. Maybe the pace might slow down a little bit because soon the standup is starting. Uh, next week, we're starting standup shows again open mics, 50 people, we're following the rules, we're doing what Yuri says. So there might be a little slowdown in podcast because now it's time to write stand-up, now it's time to perform stand-up once more. So this is the next episode with Phil Schwartzman, fellow stand-up comedian, enjoy. And uh, and the Zoom should be doing, I mean, the Zoom's gonna have dog shit uh, video, but it's fine. But uh, you yeah. sound fine on my end. I got, yeah, like you piped through this mixer and I got you recording here and- uh, Well, I got a dog shit face. So I feel like that just kind of- <laughs> You got I, that I hair going. I want to be in H HD right now. Sweat, hold on, let me get another. I got, here's a different pair. Here's a different pair of uh, Calvin Klein's. I'm like, oh, these are the ones I use just to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> They're a little. <laughs> all right, there we go. Look at this guy, he's, he's a prop comic. He's got it all. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm on a mask. You give me ideas. No one's done good prop comedy in forever. It's been a while. There we go. Here can, now I can just recline back on couch a little bit here. Nice. <gasps> a little wild. Man, I haven't talked. When was the last time we actually spoke in person? Fuck, bro. I don't know. When, you, when did you leave Finland? I forget. I. Is it, that's such a dude thing. Like, we were besties back in the day uh, talked constantly saw each other every day and then we we don't see each other for 10 years and it's cool yeah. like we're just like i'm not like i'm not i should be like, oh you haven't called me in 10 oh years God. lewis 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, bro. It's great. Yeah. We haven't talked in 10 years. Eh, no biggie. I mean, I, uh, what is it? Like a couple of weeks ago, I talked to Joe Egan. He hasn't changed. He's great. He's still Egan. He's still Joe Egan. Woogie, woogie. Yeah, it's great. Uh. I love you. Asked Joe Egan. Joe Egan was like, "Yeah, I still, I still write a lot." And you were like, "I haven't written that much." He's like, "Yeah, I still wrote a lot." And then, like two minutes later, he did a joke that I heard fifteen years ago from him. <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, Finish women on the dance floor, love me or something. Yes. Like, do they joke? Do they? Point. <laughs> oh, I did a little. Uh, I did a little introduction already, so I gave them some background into how we met and you know where we're going with this yeah it was big dick club and then there was this guy was the president and then (laughs) i was i was i mean it was it was i was talking about how desperate my life was that my only choice was to move to helsinki that's you know your life's gone to shit when there's nowhere else you can go but helsinki yeah i left helsinki uh 10 years there i know yeah so when did you okay so when did you arrive in Helsinki, I um I moved there in two thousand and two. I met mm. my ex, and then we lived in Baltimore, where I'm from, for a year. And then she needed to finish up her degree, and I was looking. For, I wasn't doing shit in Baltimore. I was done with school and was kind of just bumming around, uh, smoking weed and hanging out. And I was like, no better place to detox than Finland, right? <laughs> it's, it's too expensive way. or not available. Can't even get more than five percent alcohol in the beers at the shop, so it's a good way to that take. De- Some people go and detox in fancy places out in the hills or the forest. I go to Scandinavia. Yeah, we. I guess we both found some sort of weird recluse, some sort of weird getaway in in Helsinki, away from everything. I was always so fascinated. I guess growing up and I grew up in Baltimore and like the, the idea of Scandinavia that just was this mm. up in the north, all these blondes, everyone's kind of homo- homogenous. I was, that was always interest me. Although I think I'd fall in love with any country I'd move to. But uh. then you go there and you're like, oh, homogeny sucks. <laughs> Having just a bunch of white people's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you, <laughs> it's just the absolute worst. And then you, I really learned to love diversity and multiculturalism by spending 10 years in Finland. And then I come back here where United States and San Francisco, especially where it's just full on, just we got a little bit of everything here in the city. You're in San Fran. No, I think I might've said San Diego in the introduction, but you're in San Fran, sorry. San Francisco. San yeah. Francisco, that's right. Yeah, baby. Fuck, so that's Robin a great- Williams, yeah. Patton Oswalt came- Robin Williams here. is dead, motherfucker. I know, they named a tunnel after him. One oh, of the okay. famous tunnels when you go across the Golden Gate Bridge. Huh. Um, there's the Robin Williams teller. They, they, someone was telling me, I forget someone in Estonia, I forget who it was, was telling me a story about the other day that, uh, we, I think for, and it was like the parents of this person wanted them to be like international. And they thought like, oh, okay. You know, we're not going to give them fucking some super Estonian name, like C Motavi or something like that. So they wanted to be super international. So the first two names of the kid were Robin William. And I'm like, I don't think your kid's gonna fit in. Like, if you think that's gonna make life internationally super easy for your yeah. kid. He's <laughs> by Rob now, Rob yeah. Bill. <laughs> Rob Bill. No, well, that's why they have, I was thought that was fascinating how like the, I don't know if it does in Estonia, but in Finland, they have like the, the name police or whatever. You can't mm. name your, they have to verify your your name. And they don't have, I didn't think they had that in the, in the States. Um, until Elon Musk and Grimes decided to name his kid, what is it? 
AE. Fucking the equation for the speed of light. Yeah. And they denied the name because it didn't. It, there's certain characters you can use, and he used I don't know, the, some weird stuff. It's probably nothing to do with like ethics rules and just more like the database doesn't support those right. characters <laughs> or something. Right. We, you can call your kid just Z a hundred times in a row, just the yeah. letter Z. We don't care. Just just needs to fit into one of those ASCII characters <laughs> in the database. ASCII character set, then it will fit in. <laughs> so yeah, they got the blue screen of death when they tried to input the name. And- <laughs> Wouldn't it, it be fun? Yeah. Wouldn't it be fun to be Elon Musk, right? As a businessman, when you, when you're having a bad week, when you're getting bad publicity, and all your shits up shit creek, you can yeah. do two things. You can just do some batshit crazy thing, like I'm gonna name my kid something insane, and oh, yeah. I'll just I'll just call my friend Joe Rogan and go on his podcast, and we forget everything about his bad week. Oh, should we spark something up here too? Just like he did on his podcast. Oh yeah, it's legal for you. Dang. Big fatty. Yeah, we'll just, yeah, it's 10 in the morning here. Sure, why not? Sure. Oh, I I just had a- Well, he's, I don't know though. If you had all that, you have a billion dollars and you want to, you want to date Grimes. I don't know if you know much. I I like her music a lot, but um, she's a little petite, little fairy princess who doesn't shave her armpits. So that's cool. (laughs) Different strokes. It's cool, Phil. I like your music though. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> so you and I first meet. Fuck yeah. I it, shit. You know what? I don't, I don't remember half of this shit. I know we, in the story, in the Joe's podcast, we tell the story that we'd already been friends then that we came over and we did that tour in the South of Sweden with Joe and you I ain't got no time for that shit. And you're flying into Malmo <laughs> and we're like, I'm driving cause I'm poor. And I don't know how we met before that. Just you were doing Helsinki or was I, Hanging out there I somehow. Each other for a while before that, right? I'd come over and I was shagging Pidio and then in the comedy scene or something. And then you were just. I, think I there. woke up one morning and you were just on my couch. I know who is this guy? And it just <laughs> happens sometimes. You wake up, you have an Australian in your couch. That's right. Then several weeks later, it's like, Australian man, it's time to go. And I'm like, oh, yeah, fair enough. Okay, <laughs> good. It's my time. I understand. <laughs> well, it's my, it's funny. My best mate here in the city, and since I moved here, is an Australian dude. We lived together actually in this house, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, for four years we were we were roommates, and then hanging out with you. Fuck, I got I got a thing for Aussie dudes. <laughs> What's up with that? It's all you got. It's all you got. Not because you're funny. I know that's no, not it. Must that's be not good it. Looks or something. <laughs> <laughs> What's the jersey? What's the what team are you oh, supporting? I'm being late. Sorry, I didn't put on any problem. No, it's I fine. I just for you, but what, I haven't worn pants in like I think I broke a record for not wearing pants since I've been a baby. Oh, this is the uh, this is the Golden State Warriors. Okay, nice. And they just moved from Oakland to San Francisco. They built a new stadium, and this is their like throwback jersey from back in the day they're wearing all that crap so i've been wearing a lot of tank tops and board shorts lately that's been my i see you still on lockdown over there are you yeah we were the first to start lockdown in san francisco and all the nation and uh still are they actually just announced that california can have uh hair salons opened <laughs> you need announced it. that yesterday um Maybe gyms might get back in a couple weeks. It's funny, I ordered one of those stupid Peloton things that everyone, I finally broke down. I was like, all right. And then it's going to arrive like the day after lockdown. Like <laughs> fucking great. Peloton's That's a perfect. bike, is it? Yeah, it's like a- You're fancy. not allowed to just go for a bike ride? Yeah, but then if I want to like just get a, an exercise in in the morning or something, just kind of- Just go for like, a bike ride? 
Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you bring up a good point. Let's just say that to everyone on the treadmill, <laughs> like just walk into the gym, like you know, you can go outside. Right. I mean, you're talking to the guy, as you know well, still lives in the north of Europe, where it's cold for fucking eleven and a half months a year. <laughs> to me, you live in paradise. You live in the center of you know, the hot paradise. Yeah. I'm like, nah, I need to stay inside. <laughs> so we all I do live in one of the most beautiful places I've ever been, seen, and I live here. I live actually three blocks from the water, and I can see the Golden Gate Bridge, and yeah, and then I need an indoor bike. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a cult over here. It's like driving a Tesla now. It's it's this culty. Like if you ever meet a Tesla person, mm. you know what the only thing they ever talk about is fucking Teslas. You, they go on like these trips and they don't tell you about like, oh, we stopped off and saw Mickey Mouse. We did this. We did that. They're like, no, I, I got charged up at the supercharger station off I-5 and then I went down and they had a charger station at Denny's and like, that's that's the highlight <laughs> of there. Hold on, I need to wipe my face again with my underwear. Hold that's alright. Where uh, here in Estonia, um, we also had a very, we had a lockdown really early as well. Like very safe, you know. Well, I want to say safe Scandinavian way of doing it, but Sweden fucked up. But nevertheless, um, yeah, we locked down early, and we're coming out of it right now. We're having open mics next week. We're allowed to do fifty people open mics. We're supposed to keep distances. Uh, obviously policing the, I mean, they're like, that's going to fucking happen, but okay. More than 50 people at an open mic then. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the problem. insane thing that yeah. our open mics, we have to work to keep the audience down. We have yeah. to make pop-ups. We have to make small venues. We right. deliberately choose small venues. So only like 30 people. of Henrik Chesek or Tommy Wallamias and you'll keep the audiences down. Just get them. <laughs> That'll do it for you. So we're like, yeah, it's, I, know, I realize now it's talking to you how insane that sounds like, oh yeah, just 50 people at our open mic can turn up. We'll probably end up doing two shows, an early show and a late show. We're planning like five shows in a row, like five days of shows. Uh, we'll go to Tartu. Uh, yeah, it's such a fucking weird environment. Fantastic, but if you have scope, like, so weird to think that all these kids are doing comedy and they're just getting 50, 60, 100 people every open mic. That's how you learn Dude, comedy here. That's, yeah. I was so spoiled. I remember we, you had, you started drink, the drink bar. Was that called drink bar? That was drink bar. In, that in was the first one. Yeah, yeah. Open mic nights were freaking amazing. On that, um, they're full. God, they were packed in there. That was an amazing show. And that's not, nor- that's only, you know, in the early days of the, 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 the 80s comedy boom in the United States, that's how it was. It was comedy became a thing. Every mm. single little town had 10 different comedy clubs. You could do an open mic on a Tuesday in front of 200 people. And there, and it actually created a lot of terrible comedy because anybody could do it. That's why all we mm. look back at the 80s American comedy and it just looks super hacky and just and then all those, you know, everyone got kept going and it, it, they get tired of it because it's shitty comedy. All those, then there was the giant comedy crash of like the late 80s, early 90s. All these comedy clubs shut down. And actually what came out of it was some of the, the best comics um, uh, that are still around today. But yeah, those, you couldn't, um, yeah, nowadays if you want to go to an open mic, yeah, it's going to be, the audience is a bunch of comics and maybe they're bored girlfriends. <laughs> And that's and you're up till midnight. There's no real. You just there's a list that could be 50 people long, and you you sit there and wait until one in the morning to perform for the only other guy who's going to perform next. And yeah, and that's how you do comedy in in uh, San Francisco. But San Francisco has a huge huge comedy uh, history here and culture, and it's they don't they don't need to have a 
community here at San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the hope that I have is that, I mean, it's like how to, it's like any business, right? How do you have a boom and then how to avoid the bust, right? How to avoid overheating your market. So we sort of, because we basically run all the shows, we can like manually control that and we don't try to overheat. We're not trying to do more and more and more and more shows and shit like that. I mean, that's the hope to not get to a bust to just actually ride that wave kind of nicely. I mean, that's the theory. Let's see how it fucking yeah. goes. But that works so well. I mean, we st I didn't start the English comedy club. You and I kind of took it over. There was mm. a, um, who was the guy, such a great guy passed away, just a legend in the- Yeah, I want to say that. And I've also forgotten his name as well. The guy, Probably the manager at Manala. Was it Timo? No, was his name, what was his name? Super Finnish name, Vida V? V, no, v oh, God, that's terrible. He was such a great guy. He started that club. There was a lot of Finnish comics who wanted to practice in English so they could you know, go abroad. And he did a few nights of these thing. And then I, Rich Lyons was a, a big part of that at the beginning, mm. awesome dude, Miss Rich Lyons. Um, and then um, we took it over, you and I took it over because um, we just got the we just got the people in there, and um, that's what's great about in fin Scandinavia. There's just nothing, especially Helsinki. There was in Finland. There's just nothing to do. Mm. Friday, Saturday nights, everyone gets wait blackout wasted and starts fights and just stumbles around the streets. And then, so giving something to do, it's like oh, I can drink and have a show. <laughs> I mean, that's people. You either go you go drink, or you go to the movies. That what was that was Finnish culture really mm. in in Helsinki. So yeah, comedy was. You always had such a good way. Even the way you just presented to them was so like, you had me convinced for a moment. I was like, yeah, this Finnish comedy thing's a good idea. And I'm like, no, it's so hard. No, English comedy. Uh, no, it's not that hard. I mean, it's not hard, hard, but uh, it's also not easy to push an English language thing, especially after they get a taste of like reasonable native comedy, like, like you know, reasonable Finnish comedians. Um yeah, I do get what you mean. And it is like, cause we still run that, that venue Manala. Um, oh, your video dropped out. You're still there. Oh, there yeah, we go. Sorry, I, I froze there. Sorry about That's that. That's all good. Um, yeah. That, I mean, Manala, we still run in that exact same room. That's oh, really? like, that's legit. It's 10 years later. They're still not charging us rent. Uh, we've been grandfathered in, like we've been doing it for so long. Uh, that awesome. they don't charge us rent. We can take a Friday night. We know that we'll always get like, if I, if I know it's gonna be low, like, I mean, a couple of times it's been like 20, 30, you know, 40, a, a low number out of that hundred. I might tell them yeah. and be like, yo, this night is gonna be a low bar sales. But if they've got 60, 70, 80 people all drinking those fucking 11 euro beers or whatever the fuck they are. That's- so They're up to 11 euros. Or whatever the fuck, I don't know. If you order a craft <laughs> beer, yeah, yeah. They're like- That's a that's, great room though. It's a really nice room. They've done some renovation to it. They've done a little decor. Uh, they just keep fucking with the lights, keep fucking with the sound, but it's a little bit nicer, nicer chairs and all that. But we still do the same thing. We got to put the chairs out every time. Everyone's got to put them away at the end. Mm -hmm. It's It's a bit odd to go there and, like 10 years later it's i mean it's only room i think we're still doing 10 years later exactly the same way that's a great room yeah if you haven't been out to manila for a night you should definitely head out there what about the other big room next to it or that was on the, the sec the four below is that below yeah that's really big i, I guess the, yeah. the thing about that is that um when we understood that uh, Estonia was where it was gonna really happen for us, like it wasn't really gonna push. And I moved over to Estonia and that became my focus. I realized it was harder and harder to market in Finland. 
and I'm no marketing yeah. genius. So I wasn't, I'm much better when I'm on the ground. When I'm on the ground, I can be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. We're doing all these things. It's gonna, but from afar, it was getting very hard to sell the finished show. So we just sort of got to a stage where I could basically three quarters pack that Manala room. It was a good night. The tickets were like twice as much as Estonia. So it paid the bills and everything yeah. and it was just it's been happily chugging along at that level for for years and years and years so you know it is yeah. what it is it's cool you're kind of the godfather of estonian comedy <laughs> i mean you it didn't the stand-up didn't exist you that it wasn't there it'd be like a wasn't it like an opening act maybe you'd have a comic were you the first one to start comedy nights and yeah yeah we were the first yeah, yeah yeah back in the day you're, you're an estonian legend and you you only know about five words of Estonian, but <laughs> I know. That's why you got. Still that's why I got employees. Uh, that's what they do. You know what? That's why I've got employees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're um, you're uh, the Estonia made the news this morning. They were in the Ooh. um, the New York Times had an article about comparing Estonia's lockdown uh to here because Estonia apparently is so everything's done online. All your government services and mm -hmm. voting and employment and and, and healthcare. It's there's some sort of key thing you plug into your laptop or something. I don't We've know all got ID cards. So yeah. I've got an ID card that's got a SIM, whatever SIM chip in it. And I can either stick that into my computer to do the verification that way, or they've got this thing called mobile ID. So it'll send, if I want to log into my bank, it sends a notification to my phone via the, uh, the SIM card on my phone. I plug in some codes and it logs me into the bank that way. Oh, wow. That's, so. Yeah, that's that's they were talking about that, and apparently the old, the ex president or prime minister lives or he is he in the Bay Area? He's a, a fellow at Stanford. Oh, uh, it's probably Ilves, Thomas Henrik Ilves. Yeah, yeah, Ilves, he's a man. Yeah. He is. I don't know if he's does he live in the Bay Area because Stanford's just about forty five minutes south of mm. San Francisco. Yeah, I mean that's the the yeah. I mean it's um <laughs> it's cool. It's not quite the utopia I think that the New York Times is presenting, but then again, like we always think all the shit isn't as good here, but probably compared to what you're facing in America and the bureaucracy and all that shit. Because with our lockdown, I mean, we locked down early for Europe and we're just coming out of it, like I was saying. And I just checked today, Estonia, 60 deaths. That's yeah. it. Like yeah. socially obedient people and for better or for worse, I'm not sure which is better, but no one's fucking are we getting like five extra a day we're opening up we're not really getting any too many extra the the curve isn't unflattening i don't know what the up, going back up again so but then again i mean we got so much we're just erecting we're a bunch of erecting <laughs> we're a bunch of country bumpkins here so we can just you know it's pretty easy like to hide Sweden, away right and that doesn't oh, surprise bro. me they they had come on they were uh, they were killing what you know up into the 70s they were still practicing um, um, what the heck's it called um, um, I can't think of, uh, I can't think of it. it's too early in the morning right now um, eugenics excuse me eugenics, Gen eugenics. So they, were, they were they've been thinning the herd for a long time and up until what was it if you wanted if you were trans and you wanted to have an operation you had to be I'm going to use the wrong terminology here Cast, not cast, castrated cast. or sterilized or some shit like that sterilized i think that's might be the huh. <laughs> they, yeah. dude i just um, can't so they've been, they've been, come on they've been trying to 
kind of make the master race for a long time. So this is just, this song just kind of. Was I getting the wrong idea about Sweden? Because I was thinking they're all fucking lightened and because they've got that Swedishness like, oh, we're so smart. We're Swedish. We know everything. And yeah, like someone, someone told me like, they're like the smart kid in the smart girl in high school who suddenly got pregnant right at the end of high school. Like I did not expect this from Sweden. I thought that. They'd be super clever and high always. So we had lockdown because that's a safe and sensible thing to do. They're like, nah, fucking kill them. We don't get like they don't seem to give a shit. Like Joe, yeah. he's going out to bars. They're partying. Like I don't know. Yeah. It's I don't. Uh, they don't I care. Get, well, that's half the United States right now. I yeah. like less than half. But yeah, they, there's half the population care doesn't give a shit, and the other half arguably gives a shit too much. So yeah, because huh. I mean that's I, where just, you're in San Fran. That's like center of wokeness is yeah, it yeah but we're we're a bunch of like we act like but we all have good jobs and a lot of white collar stuff here and like we're we're finding it's very expensive to live in san francisco so people are doing mm. doing well they have savings like this is a we're in a bubble within a bubble within a bubble okay where are you where are you working for i guess you don't need to say the company maybe or who gives a shit or the or the industry no, at least. Well, what are you i was doing? with nokia for yeah for, uh, nine not ten years ten years okay and then um, got I moved out. That's how I moved back here. They uh, they opened up an office in Silicon Valley and moved out here. And I did, after ten years of Finland, I'd done my time and was ready to move on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then got laid off. Uh, laid off about nine months after the Microsoft bought them and laid everybody off. And uh, then been with switch companies and been there ever since. We've uh, been really happy with this. Uh, this new company and I came here half the reason I came here was to get involved in the comedy community here um that was the the uh, the big thing I was like I can't I can't be I stay in Finland and yeah I can be the big fish in the little pond maybe but uh, just kind of I got I got tired of doing my own jokes I was just like god I was watching who was it Hannah Gatsby do you, you know her she's sure. Australian comic she, yeah, she yeah. has a new special that came out yesterday at least here and just like the first 20 minutes was like the differences between Australians and Americans. Like Americans are dumb and Australians, we call it, she literally was like, we call it a fanny. But here. here. Uh, where are you going? Where's the zoom? The little, 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 little. Just doing, just for forever. Just, just Well, the zoom is still, the zoom's dropped out for a second there. This is a great retarded face you have here on this video as well. Oh, shoot. There we go. Now you're back Hold again. Good. Yeah, we haven't got that good broadband in uh, San Francisco. I hope it's not my end. Oh, geez, it's probably my end. Here. Give me one second. Oh, fuck me. Is it your end or my end? My internet. It might be. I'm running this off 4G. It might be mine. Zoom's a pain in the butt. Hold on. It needs some button that says it's this person. In me. Give me one second here. That's fine. Oh, I can cut this. That's great. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I switched mics here. Oh, yeah, uh, okay, I can hear that. Shit. Bear with me one second. Yeah. I, you're looking all right now. You're getting there. Nah, it's using my other mics. Hold on here. Hold on. We'll cut this part out. Yeah. 
It's like it's like one of my sets. It's just like strong start, really <laughs> shitty in the middle. Probably gonna end really shitty. Let me uh, I'll give me a chance to write a night. Let's take two here. All right, can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah, okay. And really, that's your main... Uh, so you're talking about Hannah, Hannah Gatsby and the, the new special. That's the big problem you have with Hannah Gatsby? Well, that's why I wanted to... I, I was watching her last night, and it was just... The twenty first 20 minutes was just comparing Australians uh, to Americans. And it was literally just... It was all the, the cliches I've heard. And it was literally like, oh, here, we call a fanny... You call a fanny of... And we call it a pussy... And, da, 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 and I was like, oh my God, I was like, that that was going to be me if I stayed in Finland. It was just going to be like, you know, Finns are like yeah, this and Americans are there. And I was like, I can't, I, I just couldn't stand my own jokes. And I knew I had, I was like, I have to go, I got to go. And, and if I, and if I'm actually going to be a real comic, I need to go to the States and, and be among my people and, 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 and make it there. And I, and I, and I burned, I came in, I, you know, we were doing, you and I were doing theaters and, and touring and, and then I come here and start doing open mics and just dying, just <laughs> fucking off. And you can't, all, you can't do any Finland jokes because every joke uh, would have to be, start off with like a two minute setup of explaining <laughs> what Finland is and where it is. And, 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 and then be, it wouldn't be funny. Um, so I wound up actually like, I was just burning and crashing and burning at, at open mics for a long time. And I decided to throw away all my material. And I heard of comics, famous comics doing this. Yeah. And they sometimes do this several times in their career as they get better. They take their, all their stuff and they just throw out the window and they start from scratch. And that was one of the smartest things I ever do. And I got better from that. And it was tough. Hmm. And, but I, I did get better from that. I got rid, I realized so half of my stuff was just hacky and, and, um, and I didn't really understand the United States. It's really weird to come back to a country you haven't been in in 10 years and learn. I had to learn how to become an American again. Not only an American, I had to learn how to become a Californian, which I never lived here before. I learned how to be in the Bay Area, the Silicon Valley. That's, that's a whole other thing. And just learn how to really be excited when you talk. And, and just everything's cool and awesome. And okay, great. Da, 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 and all that kind of good stuff. Um, literally, because it's funny, you, yeah. you said to me, hey, let's do a podcast. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, let's mark down some calendar dates. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, man. Hey. Whoa, square. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, free thinking. I was trying to say goodbye and fuck you, but you wanted to actually <laughs> do this thing. Okay. <laughs> Got to right, lock it down. Him. I know what you mean about um, falling into that trap as the foreign comedian. I think that it's... Um, I mean, I know the process that I went through and similar thing to you, you start out, we're living in this country, I'm a foreigner, I'm gonna comment on this, I'm gonna comment on that. And there's like the surface level shit that you can talk about. And I think that's what we were doing back in the day. Finns are like this, Estonians are like this, drunk, alcohol, cold, blah, blah, blah. And I think, and eventually you've got to move on from that, as you know. and. I think it's not, at, f at first it's not obvious. If you stay in that environment, you are able to leave and, you know, reinvent yourself that way. Yeah. If you want to stay, it's not obvious at first how to do it. There's a few ways of doing it. Um, Cause eventually that shit gets old. That shit gets old for you doing those, that material. And eventually yeah. 
like if everybody, like especially in Estonia, so small audience base, even though we talk about hundreds of people coming to open mics, just the small population means really, it's still a relatively small uh, fucking amount of audience that you're getting. And just for yourself, for your audience, and eventually like the audience knows who you are, at least in Estonia, that I feel like, you know, they don't wanna hear that same shit from me. They've heard that, it's the same joke redone and retold in 20 different ways. It's the same observation. Right. Uh, you're, you don't talk, chicks are hot, it's cold, all this crap. And um, I, I think it's not obvious how to, you've got to move on from that. Like, just like any comedian. Okay, you start out writing yeah. fucking dick jokes or whatever, and you got to move on, but it's not obvious how to move on. Some people, uh, who's uh, one person who's doing it, I'll tell you about how I did it, but there's one person who's doing it really well is goddamn Al Pitcher in Sweden. Yeah. Remember Al Pitcher, the New Zealand guy? Yeah, he's who's, super funny. Yeah, super funny guy. Because he's so good. He's just so, like, Al's really interesting because Al almost ne like because he's just a funny like knockabout silly kind of always on kind of comic right he's yeah just, he's very stream of consciousness i wish i could do that stuff that's not me he's so good at like he's like he doesn't i don't want to be offensive to al al's so good right he doesn't even need to get deep he's so good at the observational he's so good at the those things that he can make that shit funny but that's rare like he's that good. He's doing, uh, he's a tour just got canceled, but he was doing, he was about to do a fucking arena tour in Sweden. I mean, they're all oh, dead really? now. There's nobody to come and watch because they're all fucking died wow. in Sweden. But he the was- The guy that took all the photos during the day and then like a, a show at- Yeah, the Out Picture yeah, Picture yeah, yeah. Show. He's just that good at observation that you're like, fuck it, this is funny. Yeah, no, you gotta, you know, and it's, yeah, the observational stuff, between, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a, that's still the kind of comedy I do, but like doing the whole Finland, that thing. But yeah, trying to get deeper and trying to get more of yourself up there mm -hmm. and less, you know, more. And I know you kind of, you started to do that once I, once I left for the States and you got a bit more personal and you were talking about, you got, that was kind of a trendy thing for a while was like uh, a lot of comics talking about mental health issues. That was like <laughs> the big thing over here. There was like um, Maria Bamford oh, yeah. and um, Mark Marin really led the way with that kind of stuff, which was great. Um, it's tough to do. It's, it takes a lot out of you to, to be open about that, especially if you're still kind of doing the corporate life <laughs> on the side and was talking about like, you're, I'm depressed and suicidal and my dick and then my wife <laughs> and then, you know, and then you got to go to work the next day. That's uh. That's a tough thing to do, to, to be honest out there. I had a tough time learning how to, t you know, doing the story stuff. I got tired of kind of telling stories that have happened in my life. And then you kind of, when you write something down, like if you think about a story or something happened in your life, it still floats around in your head. But once you write it down and kind of put it into a box, that's all you remember. Like your memories mm. now, I don't remember anything else around that. I just remember what the mm. story that I created. And I kind of, all these memories just kind of came into these little, boxes and it, it's kind of hard to explain but do you uh, suffer from that a little bit that once the bit is written it's kind of hard to remold it and add to it like once it's kind of out that first draft well, just kind of just personally like you're you're that memory of you doing a story about your vacation like then your vacation memory becomes that story and not all yeah. the other thoughts maybe that you that you had about it so i was kind of tough doing 
doing all these stories and the long form of stuff. I was never, I can never do, that's such a hard, I, I have such great respect for long form comics. And especially if you're doing the open mics when you only got five minutes, you can't mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. Um, or if you're telling a 10 minute long story and people aren't bought in on the first minute, then they're definitely not going to be bought in on the next nine minutes. Um, that's, I feel like the English comics do that really well. You do that really well. A lot of the, the Irish comics can, can do the long form of stuff hmm. really well. I've always been more of the, the you've always been very punchliney, very, and that's good. I, I came back to that. I mean, um, for me, I had a tough time to break out of the stuff we were talking about that, you know how that the the stereotype stuff the easy jokes the observational things about the culture and all that uh, for me um what added on to that was that at the same time that i was going through this thing of like i don't want to fucking do this hack shit anymore i don't want to just talk about why this person is depressed or whatever you know like so not like depressed like but you know why it's cold or why the food is bad or why the service sucks or whatever um, at the same time, what was happening to me was that the business was growing here. So all of a sudden I've got one employee, two employees. I mean, I've now got two, what, three direct employees plus, uh, and then the whole thing happening. And being the CEO was taking too much of my time and I had to devote all my energy to that. Then let alone that I'm performing in those shows that I'm organizing. So there's zero separation between those. It's not like, oh, I've left the office and I can switch my brain off and just go down the comedy club. I organize that show. I, I'm intimately involved in every part of this organization. And it was just fucking me up to, and I, to, I couldn't write, I couldn't get distance, I couldn't just see it as fun because everywhere I looked, I'm like, this is business, I've done this, I've organized this. Why isn't this being organized? Oh, that's not, oh. It was hard to just chill. And it's taken me a long time to cycle back through that. And I had to really spend a couple of years um, not only working on myself, but working on the business to get that in a state where it's going really well now. And I'm at the stage where I can just sort of do the management and not not that I'm hands off, not at all, but just that I'm just I'm kind of better at it and trained my employees better. And now I'm like, I'm actually really looking forward to going up to the stand up next week. I was writing a bit, wrote a little bit this morning. I got some nice. stuff. I think I'll have a new five minutes for next week. It's all I need, five and, you know. Um, but I really haven't done anything major for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, it's been a long road to come back around to that. And when I do that as well, like, yeah, and I can't just come back around to the hack shit either. I can't just come back around to the old material to the, but the, the difficulty is that being a foreigner in Estonia or a foreign land is still my life. That's still yeah. what I experience every single day. Yeah. So how to, you know, and, and that was fucking me up for people ages as well. That. People love hearing. I know yeah. loved hearing what others, foreigners, especially Americans, thought of them. I mean, that was gold for them. They loved it. I enjoyed writing it. it everyone laughed. And what, look, let's be honest. Like, you can, it's like we're making people laugh. Yeah. Right? That's that you can't be criticized. That's nothing to be critical of. Like you're there. Everyone's enjoying themselves. But I think you knew how you and I knew we wanted to create a great show. We that mm. was that was uh, we didn't money was a side thing. We we we, we plan out every show. We were fair to all the comics. We wanted to create a great 
show. And I think I hate when I hear sometimes you have comedy competitions, you read the best set of the night or who's number one. Like it's, it's all about a great show and you're a great host. You, you love, you're such a better host. I hate, I hate, I didn't like hosting, but you, you, you were great at that. But the host job, the host has a job to do and the yeah. host has to suck it up and hosts often will have to throw themselves in front of the bus to save everybody else. And that's a tough thing to do all the time. Cause they need to make sure this, the show is great. Um, but you, we, you and I, I, we, I thought we always been great. We really cared about the the craft in the the show. There was the craft of the show and the organization. Yeah, I guess we both had that. You, you've had, you've got your great American enthusiasm, and everything's got to be great, and it's all good, and, <laughs> and, and and that was infectious for me as well. And um, yeah, the, I guess I think that as Westerners, we all got it a little bit earlier that. Uh, like the idea of this is a performance and this is an event and I don't know we know it's a little bit showbiz we're not trying to say we're fucking la-di-da here or nothing but well, we saw that in our home countries I mean I've mm. been to tons of comedy shows so I just took what I saw in the states brought that back here and and um, and we made it work I, I you know actually it was hard to get not you know do, do you still do intermissions in all your shows yeah. is yep. there a break halfway through yeah we don't you know u.s comedy show whatever have a break in, huh. the, in between but do you have and, table service then but they got table service that's the all thing right. is they have proper comedy clubs you get table service um and then break i, I just still i can see the pluses and minuses it definitely kills any sort of momentum that you that you have like mm. you literally have to rest it's almost two separate shows you need to restart the show although the second half was always i mean you've been a host what's more fun hosting the first half or the second second half? Like, number really, one the yeah second half. they just okay. got their drinks they were lined up i mean if we're doing yeah. uh if we're doing someone's hour here it'll typically be some openers in the first half could be 20 minutes could be 30 minutes then break then the then the headliner does their hour or God knows hour and a half or something, however long they do their thing. So, I mean, we do have a thing, you know, if it's a show, then we're not going to break up a headliner in the middle, for example. No, yeah, that would be, that'd be terrible. Um, but then you have like, we have a problem, they call it the check drop. The check drop is when yeah. the the servers come around and, and bring you your check. And so there's a lot of people fumbling for their credit cards and they're not paying attention. And that's usually, you know, 10 minutes before the headliner's about to close. So, um, that's that's a tough you got to work you have to learn as a comic to um to work around that when that part comes and everyone's distracted at the end of your show and you build all this momentum what exactly you know do you do about it i think um, some of your i remember some of your not only your american enthusiasm and by the way you've always been far too complimentary to my work but thank you i appreciate that but i some of your Mark, I feel some of your marketing skills came in. You were the one that said, when everyone's leaving the show, we should stand there and thank them and just stand there and be like, hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to the show. Yeah. I Yeah, we built, I felt like we built a bit of community there. It yeah. became this like thing. And I liked, and we, we knew, uh, we were, we were punching way above our, our weight class i mean we didn't know shit we were learning comedy but no one else was really doing it mm. so when you're the only ones in town um and i kind of like that it kind of it's like okay there's this guy it's we're just two dudes and we're there and we're thanking people because we were we we're very thankful that yeah. it was, it was generally like you took the time and your 10 euros to, to come out and, and and do this for for us really i mean it was more for us than it was for them it was you know for us to improve and get better and get on stage and and uh, i mean shit i would have done that for free we did a lot of that 
<laughs> there's uh, that. Vi- there's the video that I'll link in the description, but it's a legit video that's been up there for ten years. It's one you and I on the streets trying to hand out flyers <laughs> to people in Helsinki in November or something. I showed my girlfriend that the other day for the first time. She hasn't she hasn't seen a lot of that old stuff, and that was a that was a fun night. And the tram, the you ever told the story about the tram? Wait, Helsinki tram or St- you, Talon tram? That wasn't you. Maybe that wasn't you. Wait, there was, was the Helsinki some... where we did comedy on the tram. That was you. Yeah, you and me, and we we remember we got paid from the city. They're doing a cultural thing, yes. and we got a mic system. We got a microphone and a, 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 a speaker. And went on the tram that with three T or the three whatever that goes in a circle, mm. and we did comedy on the tram. And so people were coming home from work. They got on the tram, and we were there with a mic. Which right there, if you walk on a tram and there's a dude <laughs> on a microphone, you're freaked out. I'd be freaked out. I'd forgotten and about that that we'd done it in Helsinki, right? You don't remember that? No, I remember uh, now, and because it was out yeah. of nowhere, it was unannounced. We just walked on with this speaker and started to do it in English, in, in English. Helsinki. You, you, me, and Zoe. Yeah. You, me, and Zoe. And we we took we each did because the the tram did a full circle and it took like an hour. So I think we each did twenty minutes, and um, we. I don't know how I couldn't. I don't know if I could do that today. No. And people were just fright frightened and. Uh, I don't remember much laughter at all. And then the train would jerk around and we'd almost <laughs> fall over. I think we got like paid with it. We got like 90 euros for that or something. something. I remember, what I remember is, okay, that's what confused me because we did kind of copy that idea for Tallinn. And as a publicity, we did it more as a publicity stunt in Tallinn. And what happened, we said, hey, we're going to get on at this time at the tram and then ride it to whatever the end of, and, but then all that happened was that like three media company or whatever, three media showed up, surrounded us with cameras. So it wasn't just us in Thailand getting on a tram and just doing comedy. We thought maybe a few fans would show up and it'd be like maybe five fans and we just talk to them and it'd be cool. But then like yeah. three media showed up with cameras and it was just media around us had like almost no fans and we're like okay this is awkward but okay we got our we got our media spot we got our time in the i think that was me and i don't remember who evelyn mock i think from sweden was that night and it was like a dumb like when we were still in doing like we thought dumb publicity stunts were still a way to do things yeah, we tried. You and I tried to give out flyers to the club. We got thrown out of Stockman. Then security got called on us. Yes. <laughs> we tried to give out. No one just want. They just don't have the culture of, of giving crap out. Like here in the city, you it's often you're on public transportation and there's performance artists and they mm. they come. They put the boombox down. They do their dances. They go collect money. You have people giving stuff out. Um, they never had that in in Finland at the time. At least there was just nobody. That flyer may as well may as well have said, "Hey, take a flyer. It's got AIDS." Like that's yeah. how they treated us. Giving a take it. It's got some. AIDS. You want herpes? Here, have some herpes. Like that's how we were treated. Honestly, I don't blame them. I don't take anything. When someone tries to give me something, because there's always we were just trying to give a flyer out. Huh. Usually here in the states, if there's a follow up. If you take something, suddenly you have somebody following you, want to talk about whatever's on there, or they give you a CD, then they want five bucks for their mixtape, and all, and then you got somebody, then you're you know, so yeah, I don't, I, I, I treat like, like those flyers have AIDS. It's exactly right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so it was the comedy club. I heard, I heard uh, Stuart Johnson's writing a book now. He's uh, mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, Stu's writing a book about Estonia? I don't know. I'm not sure. What, you don't know? Okay. He's well, he's, I, he, I've, uh, yeah, because I did, I had, uh, um, how to marry a Finnish girl, which yep. is available on uh, Amazon, and uh, and so let's tell us all, about all that. You wrote that. So you wrote a book before you left Finland. You wrote a book. Yeah, you wrote a book called How to oh, Marry yeah, a Finnish book. Woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. did I just that. mention oh, that? You brought that up. <laughs> it was number one for. It was on the charts in Finland. You could see it in the store. I think that's just because I moved it from the number one spot <laughs> on the shelves. No, I think, yeah, I, people kept sending me photos of it at because uh, I came up with a book. It's the, I'm real smart. I come out with a book and I literally like a month later, I leave the country. <laughs> and so people were sending me photos of it like at, at Swimmerline and Kyrkapa, like the big downtown uh, bookstore. They it was they had the top 10 and it would slowly uh, move up the the. Move up. I get pictures of it. Then it also. Then later, then you get pictures. Friends would send me uh, pictures of it in the bargain bin, like literally, like with the ninety-nine cent thing on like the. I was like, yeah, yeah, that, that's the end of that one. No, but I'm real proud of it. It's on its twelfth twelfth uh, print edition. Holy! So it's still. Uh, is it still being printed, or what's the what's its you know, current they status? They send me every time they they print another edition. They send me ten copies in the mail. Um, I haven't. It's ten. been. Two or three years. I, in fact, I was talking to them about doing another chapter because everyone's joke when I came out with it is like, oh, when you get a divorce, you can write how to divorce a Finnish girl. And sure enough, I got a divorce. So <laughs> I was like talking to them about writing like this, this another chapter and sticking it in there. But my, um, they seemed like they're like, yeah, if you write it, well, we might put it in, we might not. And I was like, well, okay, you're not that serious. It's the book business. Uh, okay, it's not really a rising yeah, industry. Yeah, but uh, I heard Stu's doing that. Mine, mine was, whole, was, a, was a parody of a travel guide to be Finland, how to move to Finland, how to live in Finland, how to date in Finland, and marry, how to get a job in Finland, work in Finland, all these kind of things. But of course, it was just taking the piss on the country and the people, which I don't think that would fly in many other countries. If you wrote a book, you're a yeah. foreigner, you come here and you're like, this, your country sucks. That would I can't see people in Italians being like this is great like no only Finns and I'm sure Estonians would be on that list too have that dark thick skin dark sense of humor that would would that would find that you funny. got it's a lie as a foreigner it's definitely like a fine line to walk like how much can you kind of go at it I I, I I'm still not entirely sure like as my my of my status in Estonia I think that it's reasonable but you never quite know. And that can change. You can have a, you can suddenly perform to some people who don't know who the fuck you are. And then it's like, who is this guy? Fuck this guy. But then I asked my girlfriend what yeah. she, how does she perceive me? And she's like, oh, you're just an Estonian who doesn't speak Estonian. And I'm like, oh, so you think I'm retarded? She's like, yeah, basically. Uh, so yeah, maybe that's how by the time, cause half the time, what I'll do with my humor, if I'm trying to, I'll, as part of the joke, I'll claim to be whoever the fuck I need to be to be part of the joke. So I might yeah. say I'm Australian if I think that will be the better angle in the joke. Right. My family's Romanian. I'll use that if I have to. It's a bit confusing, but I'll go with that. But I'll just say, hey, we Estonians. And if I just present it strongly enough, they'll go for it. And yeah. I can be on that, like I'm with you. I am on your side and I'm talking about, oh, we in Estonia or something like that. You've got to just present it with enough authority. Yeah, you got to balance that for sure. I know I used to, that's how it all started. The, 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 I had a, when I first moved to Finland, um, I was writing oh, a lot about my experience on like a forum. The blog, then, that's how we met, the blog. Oh, was that it? You had, I Finland, fucking, I knew Finland the blog. Yes. 
that's yeah. it. I knew the blog, and then that's how we we reached made contact through that. Oh, nice. Is that still up, Finland that. for Thought? Finland for Thought, yeah. I started that in like 2000. I was writing a bunch of, on these, this forum there was a lot of foreigners in Finland. And then I was like, I had all this stuff, but it gets lost in the forum. And then blogging just became like a thing. Like it was very early stages of blogging. And so I started my own blog and it got really, really popular. I was nominated for some Finnish, a Finnish bloggy yeah. and tons of traffic. But, but then I get a mixture. I, I had to balance it. I couldn't just criticize Finland too much. I had to put in stuff I like about it as well. And I did, and I, I have, I was definitely had a love hate for, for sure. Um, you know, but, and so then I would knew I was going to move back to the States and I was like, all right, I got this blog needs to, I knew, I didn't want to just end, I didn't want to just stop writing one day. I wanted to like create like a kind of master's thesis. It's like, here's my, everything I've learned into one thing. And that was the book. And I contacted a publisher and then they were all about it. And then I wound up pitching it to some other publishers and everyone was all in. And I, picked uh Gumarus, who was fantastic they're the oldest publisher in, in finland one of the real big ones and they were fantastic um and really let me kind of write what i wanted to write um and then uh they um uh yeah and, and then that, that huh. came out and i moved to finland and moved back to the states like right after i still get emails to this day it's usually a lot of like hate because the book <laughs> i don't even remember the book cover yeah i to create this like 1950s style Americana look and I wanted to have a foreigner with a Finnish girl and so I had there's these kind of arms and they kind of look like you're not sure if they're like grabbing her or holding her or they have these brown arms around this cute little girl and so I get a lot of uh, hate mail still to this day just literally, literally three days ago random person said if I ever come to Finland I'm going to punch your teeth out or or something like that. Yeah, Wasn't there controversy the about the skin tone at the time of the skin tone of the hands? Well, originally I wanted to do, there's a very famous Finnish painting that's part of Finnish folklore. I forget the name of it. It's a woman, this kind of maiden who's walking in a lake naked with long hair down to her titties. And there's a guy, kind of creepy guy who is kind of following her. You're not sure what's going on exactly. Is he chasing her? Is it good, playful? You don't know. So I wanted to create that image, but just make it a foreigner looking guy, yeah. right? A, a foreigner, seeing their famous painting that they all love and make it a foreigner. And that kind of got shut down. And so we got, we wound up with this kind of thing. So I kind of wanted to piss people off and I did. And that's why I got, if you go on Amazon and you read the reviews or Goodreads, I got a bunch of one star reviews and it's no one actually read the book or bought it. They just hate the cover and they think my last name is Jewish so I got a lot of anti-semitic stuff I'm not Jewish it's great it's good <laughs> right and I, I can't remember at the time was there something about that like you had selected the skin tone but then when it got printed it was slightly different or something just through the printing process or something and it came out like darker that expected and then that gave a weird concept like oh we're presenting it about dark guys or, i don't know fucking i'm good at marketing man it just it just it's uh i i wanted to sell books it was funny the the i uh, they gave me an editor who was terrible and well they they gave me an english speaking editor because i had a, a finnish guy who was great and then they got this woman to do the to do the editing because it was the first english language book i think they've ever printed and um um, some of the publishers wanted to do like half in Finnish, like do a Finnish and English in the same. And then these just, let's just do it in English. And um, they hired this, this girl to, to do the editing, but they didn't explain to her like 
who they were marketing it to. Like this, she thought this book was going to come out in the United States. And so she was writing it as if Americans were going to read it for the first time. Anyway, it was a huge disaster. That's why if you get, uh, get find the hunt down edition number one, there's a ton of fucking typos and mistakes in there. Cause, uh, uh, they weren't fixed. Uh, it's a rare. If you can find number ver, version uh, edition number one, there's a lot of great uh, ninety nine cents in the second hand bookstore. That's, no, man, that's a rarity, man. You got to frame that, bag it. I'll sign it for you. Something put it on the wall. That's a. It's like a rare baseball card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That, um, yeah. And then I, yeah. I I moved here, and then um, we had that big tour. Oh, you did that. God, remember we had that. You had our names up on a billboard, didn't you? Do that was you, right? You had this big billboard. And you had all these different shows when we were doing it at the um, uh, Apollo Club, and uh, wasn't that you? You did. I that. think so. I well, I think I think I I think our names. Fuck, because I forget everything, man. Like that's why I need you to prompt me because I just <laughs> I forget. I don't know if it was the weed over the you, years or I'm senile. You got us a big billboard, or maybe a, you and Apollo must have did it. They probably funded. I think it Apollo too, so did it. I think English? I didn't really. I wasn't like, yo, I'm getting a billboard. I think Apollo just did it because that's what they do. And you had all our shows, and then of course we were in every show, so you just see like Phil Schwartzman and Louis Zezer on Phil Schwartzman and Louis Zezer uh -huh. on this giant billboard. And I actually walked out of it. I literally was, I didn't know what was happening. And I see this billboard and I'm staring at it. And all I hear is some guy go, there's Phil Schwartzman staring at his own billboard. And I was like, oh my God, I just got busted. Just <laughs> amazing. I didn't even know who this guy was. He knew who I was and I had no idea who this dude was. Yeah, yeah that was the, the hustle. I guess that was like, cause that was with Sami, Sami Headbuddy. And uh, yeah. he had the Apollo deal and it was still good kind of days back then. It was still a good kind of scene. And so fair, fair go to Summer. He was giving us a good, we were trying and uh, because we sort of, I, I think, because that was the Apollo club in the middle of Helsinki and we would get anywhere between, I don't know, 50 and 200 people into that room. And when we got oh, yeah. like 200, it was popping. It was like, great, yeah. great, but it's, like a hard slog. That's what I've discovered over the years that that like, it's really good to do like 50 people English shows, maybe a hundred people English shows. But when you start pushing it up to, even in Estonia where it's very popular, like 150, 200, 250, it starts getting hard. Like it's, it's really, it exponentially gets harder to sell that many tickets to an international show. And I kind of just uh, kind of got worn out from, and I, I, I realized it wasn't going anywhere that we were like slogging and slogging and up and down and trying to, and you know, fair enough. They were giving us a pretty good shot. Sami and the Apollo club were giving us a good deal and helping us out. But you know, it'd be a rough few months. and be like, no, 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 we're going to pick up. I'm trying all this. And it was, it was a hard hustle that I think I eventually just went, ah, this, this is going to be rough. I hated theater shows. Those were great, but the theater shows just in general, I don't even like seeing comedy at big theaters because mm -hmm. you get, those rooms just really aren't built for that. And then you get, instead of people, I found that the larger the room, you have less laughter and you have more clapping. I think people hmm. feel like they, their voice isn't heard because they're in a sea of 800 people. So you got more long applause breaks instead of actual laughter and there's less interaction with the audience more of a broadcast kind of thing so that's why i really love comedy clubs and rooms specifically built for they're just so much more fun to do um that's and also another reason i hate comedy competition or not um excuse me um festival comedy festivals mm. are i've just after two hours i love comedy 
so much. And after two hours of straight comedy, I'm bored of comedy. Like yeah. I can take like two hours of stand up, but to do a festival where it's like, yeah, we're just, it's not a concert. You can't just comedy requires you to pay attention and to think, and you just, your head can't, you can't get completely wasted and, and you can't, you got to pay attention and you can't chit chat. And so like I, you go, I can go to a fest, a music festival all day and, and just, comedy festivals like I don't know how they, they still do it I mean there's a big one here Comedy Central does one every year in San Francisco and it's outdoors and that's another thing mm. you told me that I you we did an outdoor show in Tallinn it was really cool venue it was kind of up on a hill and you you had it I think that would have like, been Vablana up on the hill on the yeah okay yeah beautiful venue and um, it was a it was, um, I've learned that night. I was like, if it's cold, people are not paying attention. Yeah. Like, comedy should not be done outdoors. Like it's c coldness, cold weather and comedy do not mix. Cause it's, it is cold. And I think it was a, that's another thing. I think literally the worst night of comedy is a Sunday night. A Monday night show is always a hundred times better than a Sunday night show. Monday nights, people are like, they had their first day back at work. They're already like, fuck this shit. They're already ready to start drinking and going out and doing something. Sunday nights, everyone just has the next day on their, like, oh, I gotta go back to work. And just, mm. it's the worst nights. Outdoors, yeah. Mm. When, when outdoor works, it's awesome. When mm. you've got the right space, it's not too open. There's a little, just a, it's been a hot day. There's a cool breeze. We're feeling it. Then it's the best, but it's so hard to hit that. It's really yeah. hard to roll that dice and get that correct. I'm trying to think. We do a summer tour here now. The, the comedians organize it themselves because we got to this stage where we were working so hard from whatever the season is, September through to May, that we would just be like, nah, fucking, we need a break. But then the comedians like, we want to do shows. And we're like, all right, we'll go organize it. So they go all around Estonia and they do their own shows and it's cool. And it's a lot of outdoor, but it's, I mean, it's July. It's the only time you could do it. And even then they're enclosed and you don't want them to be too open either because then everyone sits far apart. And yeah, and if they're just, if it's just a little bit cold, which can happen at any moment around here, you know, in <laughs> Finland, at any moment in the middle of yeah. summer, it could get too cool to be comfortable in the evening, maybe around eight o'clock or something. Nah, but we'll still do I'm we'll still do a few but yeah cold weather yeah that's just i can't i can't do it no <laughs> yeah you, that's what i like i mean even what you said just then you was talking about the way that this day for that comedy you were you taught me to be very analytical about the way that we looked at the shows and the schedule and again it was something about your i don't know if your marketing background but you also had an intuitive understanding for people as well and i think a lot yeah. of those ideas like even the ideas we've taken on like i mean yet yeah, thanking people after the show was something that we rolled into um the way that we do the bucket here in estonia which is like uh f edinburgh fringe when we asked for a donation at the end and that was a where it's a free open mic but at the end we ask for a donation and that yeah. was a very foreign concept to Estonian people both to hmm. give the donation and to stand there and ask and we had to do a lot of work to be like no we're going to stand here and why are we standing here because we're asking for money alright well don't look like a fucking weirdo don't be like oh uh, uh, can I maybe please have some like are you proud of this show yes well then stand there and be proud of it and that thing that we had to train ourselves to do here very much had its roots even in you know standing in Manala 
with you going, no, no, and I'm just sitting drinking my beer and you're like, no, nah, nah, come, come on, you gotta come and say good, you know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. That is the right thing to do. Uh, a lot of comics would say they don't, well, you don't want, a lot of comics would say you don't want to see the performer before the show. It needs to be the big reveal when they come in. This is the first time you've seen them. And mm. then afterwards, I mean, it's quite common, especially in the US for comics to be in the back selling their merch and stuff. Now, well, now CDs, people can't really sell much of that. So, um, um, but um, uh, yeah, that, that um, I just felt there was kind of a lot of humility there. I don't know, I was just appreciative of the people. I don't know, I don't know if I was a marketing genius, but I know I was reading, I was, there was a lot of podcasts that had started right around that time that were just other comics talking about comedy and how to do shows, and there was a forum I would be on, so I was kind of constantly reading that and learning that and kind of, nowadays I don't think there is much about that. Um, I would obsess over it. Before I tried stand up for the first time, I read books and just months of prep, which is ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like if anyone wants to do comedy, I always tell them to like, just go do it. Don't <laughs> just do it and move the mic stand away. And that's about it. And just, just, just go up there and, and, and freaking do it and you'll learn and, and don't wait six months, but I don't know, but then it worked out really well. I did all that prep and I had everything planned. I even thought about what I was going to wear and I had a really good night, my first night. And then if I would have bombed in flames, I might not have done it or quit. Um, waited later. I heard that story about Eddie, Mur Eddie, uh, Eddie Murphy. He um, he did comedy for the first time, bombed, and then didn't do it again for another year. And of course, he's a legend now. So, hmm. he, so where did you? What was the place you did it first in Helsinki? It was in Manila. It was in that big room. That oh, was, the second um, floor. Yeah, the second floor room. Yeah, it was really cool. And I had, I had, I must have put it out on Facebook, and so I had, I had a lot of friends. I mean, ha I think half the room was packed with people that knew me. I mentioned on my blog too. I saw the guy, people who had come and that's why I think this is, I keep saying his name's Timo, but it's not Timo. Um, he, he, Timo he let us know the club. Was that? No, uh, fuck. No, go ahead. Sorry. Timo Sony is the president, the, no, yeah. the fucking true um, fins guy. Yeah. No, they, um, I think that's half the reason why he let me run the comedy show. Cause every time I'd perform, I'd have a bunch of people that would come. So he's like, this guy has an audience that kind of comes with him because of the blog or just people, nothing else. English speakers, especially had nothing else to do. So that was a good, that was my first time. And I have a video of it somewhere as a first time hmm. me doing my terrible, uh, I think my first line I flubbed and had to like restart the joke which I almost, I think at that moment, I could have just wept in tears and rolled off the stage and <laughs> never to be seen again. Like I was kind of, fifth, went 50-50. I remember that very well. I like started in the middle of the joke instead of the beginning and just, just redid it and yeah. I'd forgotten that, that we, the way that we had bootstrapped that was off your blog, that that was sort of where you could still be guaranteed 10 to 20 people would turn up from that. Yeah, I think it was that. just a lot. And a lot of people didn't know what to do. There was a lot of English speakers. They didn't have, there was no, mm. you go to the movies or go out drinking. And beyond that, there really wasn't much culture for. And I think that might be different Finnish now. Speakers. I think there's things to do, even in Helsinki as a foreigner. There's more, uh, there's a few more comedy shows. Not even that, but just, I think there might be a little bit more than there used to be 10 years ago, stuff to do as an English speaker Good. in Helsinki. Yeah. Yeah, just drinking on the weekends. That's the Finnish way, man. That's funny. I've lived in San Francisco for um, nine, eight, nine years now. And I lived in, in Helsinki for about the same amount. And you go out every Saturday night, Finnish Friday, Saturday night, I'd see at least one fight in Helsinki. I've lived here for nine years and never never seen a <laughs> two dudes fighting, <laughs> drunk. 
fighting. I've never had anyone try to start a fight with me for no reason or just, just belligerence and just the whole, you know, in Finland, you have the, the, the famous doorman, like the, these, these, they're like bouncers slash we need two euros for your coat. Like that was, they had two jobs there mm. and they would always be, you just come in and just miserable and pissy. All those ex hockey players that are, now alcoholics and sad they never made the nhl and, and yeah they'd always if you didn't you come in they want your two euros and you're like for a coat and i'm like i'm it's summertime i don't have a coat and then they try to get the money anyway it's just like people would just be pissed walking in angry walking in and oh i don't i don't miss it's just because we in american states we drink a little bit every day i said i live right next to wine country so we're you know you have a little glass of wine with your your meal or during COVID, you have an entire bottle with your meal, but we do a little bit of every day. So on Friday and Saturday night, it doesn't have to be like time to rage like it was in Helsinki where they don't drink at all. I remember if I, with my ex, if I suggested having a glass of wine with, you know, on a Tuesday, she would just assume <laughs> I was an alcoholic and had a problem and I was weak and like, and then you get wasted on Friday. It's like, oh, gotta, it's like the Finnish, the-, <laughs> the Finnish are just, they're not managers, they're engineers. They're not, they don't have a managerial kind of broader. They're just, they're still, they're just farmers, one generation gone on and went, oh, we are good at Nokia too. So we do this, not farm, make Nokia now. Like, it's true. They do have a lot, they all have agrarian roots somewhere. They're, they grew mm. up on a farm or there's, there's definite within one, you know, really bloodline, yeah, of, of the agrarian. Remember that, uh, I remember the time yeah. that, uh, remember Kimo Vilska? Oh yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, I know Kimo. Yeah, he's still Facebook friends with me. He comments on literally everything I write. Yeah. Kimo, so, so uh, Kimo. Uh, wait, I'll, I guess I'll tell the backstory to people in a moment. Oh, but yeah. Kimo still comes to Tallinn, and still does our open mics. He comes over with his wife all the time. They're still just as delightful. I didn't know that. That's awesome. And the Estonian, because we have one English, op- like one, you can do English at any of our open mics, but we have one a month that is designated the English only open mic. And Kimo will often come over for that. And so the Estonian audiences know him now and they love him. Like he kills in Tallinn yeah. now, yeah. Like he's got, he just does his jokes and he's, you know, he's he's not a young man, but he's still got some, you know, life in him. And it's just like this nice, sweet Finnish old man telling these jokes and people love it. Like- That's awesome. It's so cool to see. He's like an he's like an ex hippie, an old hippie. He grew up mm. in the states. He's got a great. He was a he worked for Ule, which was the Finnish the, the state run TV, and he was. It is a great radio. He's got a great voice, great TV yeah. radio voice, and he would do the English news. And so when I first moved to Finland, and I'd watch the they do the Finnish news in English, and he was the guy that was the anchor for this ten minute segment every day, and so I watched him as when I first moved there all the time and then never knew the guy. And then he, or maybe I think he would comment on my blog quite a bit. Maybe that's how I got to know him. And then he did his famous incident mm. where he got fired from Ule for making a joke. They were doing a joke about alcohol consumption problems in in, in Finland. And when they come back, he has a, a bottle of beer in his mouth and he's pretending to drink it and then he hides it real quick, which, which it was hilarious. Which was, hilarious he got fired real quick and um 
we had contacted him. We were doing a show the day he was fired or the day after he was fired. Mm. And I contacted him and was like, Hey, do you want to come up and do five minutes? And he was like, yeah. And then he wound up doing, he just did 20 minutes of, of, uh, we couldn't get him off the damn stage. I think you were standing there next to him, creepily getting closer <laughs> to him, trying to steal the mic. It's a common newbie problem. You gotta, you don't yeah. know, you gotta, you know, the light and all those kind of things, you know, learn that stuff. But, um, yeah, he, that poor guy lost his job, um, over, which is weird. I don't know why it's not an anchor. The anchor things do, at least in the States at the end of a segment, they're like, huh, the weather's tomorrow going to be a little foggy. <laughs> and so, but to have like a beer can, especially Finns are so like, it's like Americans with sex. Like we're very, that's very taboo. Uh, cause we're all religious over there. Alcohol is such a, like a kind of a taboo. Subject. Yeah. I'm going to try and I'm just writing a note. So I got the time code. I'm going to try and cut in. I guess if this is on YouTube, I can't put the video, but I'll try and cut in the still of Kimo. You switched back to him and he's going, Oh, like clearly empty. Like it's like turned upside down. And yeah. uh, it was hilarious, but there was something else as well because I know that we called him on and I know that, yeah, you called him up and you were like, yo, Kimo, let's come on today. But there was some Q&A session that I did with him as well as the host. I, maybe after yes. his set or something and we had like a, and we talked about the incident and it was like, uh, like it had happened that day. And I know that we, because we're both kind of with our marketing yeah. brains, we're like, we'd publicize this. We're like, you know, that guy, that guy's gonna be like hoping to flog a few more tickets. We packed it out the house that night. We always kind of did, but we definitely. Yeah, and and there was some Q and A with him. I guess after his set, and maybe it, that was the whole. Maybe that we just did a Q and A the whole time, and we couldn't. Maybe that was it. Because I don't know how we would be like. Do you have five minutes of material? Like, it wouldn't you couldn't write that overnight? So maybe that was the whole plan, and we talk a little bit, and then he kind of. It was like live podcast before doing, live you know, podcast. Was that? It was like a live podcast before that thing existed. Like just come on the show and talk yeah. about what happened. And it was like that day and it was like rare. God, we've got so many good, we had a lot of good nights. Mm. Just, yeah. Yeah. Kimo so nice. Yeah. Favorite, favorite oh. time of the month. We did that once a month. And that was my favorite shows always. Cause they were just so well produced. We had the great venue and, and, um, uh, always a great lineup and, um, uh, and we did the open mics at, um, I guess nothing still happened in Molly Malone's. Christ, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know if Molly Malone's uh, just up from the train station there in Helsinki is still just up from the Vapiana, which is there now. I wouldn't even know if that's still, a, yeah, upstairs we did something. We were trying them because we had, I mean, there's all sorts of weird fucking opportunities that we had when we were hustling. I remember, I mean, we were going to different towns as well. Sometimes like the tram thing, the city gave us money and- I remember sometimes going up to Oulu for some reason. Like, what the fuck were we doing doing an English show in Oulu? Yeah, I that we did. I remember doing Tampere in Turku with you, but I never made it up there. That's a long drive, and you know I don't get time for that shit, so I can't be. Going yeah, Tampere and Turku. We. I said that once, and that I love how that's the catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, I, I just started. It's still. I don't have time for that shit, Schwarzman. Yeah. Because yeah, we were going to. You guys were gonna go. We were doing that, one of the best weeks of my life was yeah. that Sweden tour that Joe had planned for us. And um, we started in um, Uppsala or Stockholm or something. And um, yeah, you guys were all gonna take the ferry, the kind of booze cruise overnight thing. And uh, I was like, I'm just gonna get a plane ticket. Um, <laughs> I had work or something. Yeah, I, it wasn't like, cause I, I would love to uh, hang out and do a booze cruise with you guys, but I was some work related thing. So yeah. I was the other way I was telling Joe, I mean, that, that week changed my life. That was like, 
I want to do comedy. Like, this is what it's like. We can do this. We can travel somewhere and hang out and be bros and just perform each night. Like, uh, we were bullshit, but it felt like a real being a real comedian. Yeah, a tour. Yeah, it was like we literally every day for a week we had a different gig and we traveled in between. Yeah, it was my first taste of like, you know, life on the road, which I know uh, comics, I'm sure it all starts off great. And then, you know, yeah. when you're doing a tour of Montana and Wyoming and 20 years in, like, I'm sure it's, it's staying in, you know, we were excited. We were staying in some at Lund University. We stayed in some, I don't know, he got us some like some dorm some or something, student housing or something. Yeah. We're all hanging out in and um uh yeah that was a oops it was a tuesday night and that crowd was packed in there of swedish students and i've they i i'd scratch i'd pause and like cough and they'd all start laughing it was one of the easiest nights of, and then we had one of the worst nights ever where there was literally four people in the audience in copenhagen i think it was um towards the end of the tour i remember we had did a night and it was literally a group of four people that all worked for some what's the big shipping company in denmark um Marsk, and uh, they all worked for Marsk, and like we, we just had to do this you remember that at all we did it we did it we did it for four we did a whole show for four people and i don't remember copenhagen i remember there was a, a yeah. In Malmo, in Copenhagen, and then we had this, yeah. this other one that maybe was in Lund or Malmo. Or was there two shows in a night there or something? Joe had us doing like we didn't know. We just he's like go to this one, then go to that one, and he planned it, man. That was that was very cool of him. That was great. Dude's a legend. Yeah, it takes. I always admired Joe's ability to just work it out. Like he's the true hustler. Um, because that's why I was so keen to talk to him on his podcast about like, dude, why the fuck are you doing shows in Amsterdam, in Belgium, I mean, or wherever like the in fuck? Like yeah. Like, how do you regular, pull that off? Like, I would lose my mind. Vatican City. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and I'm, I'm like, I'll just take the Republic of Estonia, the boundaries. It's a small country. It's about two hours across. I'm good with this. But Joe's got to be, I don't know. This guy. Yeah, well, I was always excited to leave Finland. Finland was just so cold. I, I took these terrible work trips to like, these like day trips to London in January. I was excited because at least it's not snowing in London. Like it, it was a, it was a, it was a good thing to just get. I'll just get out of here for for a little while uh-huh. and just to go anywhere outside of Scandinavia. Yeah, yeah I was a- listening to that podcast with you and Joe and you guys were bringing up all the old times, loved listening to it. And you guys were talking about all of our comedy buddies from back in the day and all these things you kept mentioning. It. And I was about an hour and a half and I was like, you guys have not mentioned my name once. I swear to God, <laughs> if you mention everyone's name except mine, I'm going to fucking <laughs> be so pissed off at you two guys. And then you had a good little three minute long segment of, of good old Phil and and the Sweden trip and stuff. Oh, so. we remember you, mate. That was, it was, by the way, your video dropped off again, or at nope. least I can't. I don't know. You're amazing. You're like, your video drops off and then you play with your mic. I love it. He's, this is tech support. Oh, here we go. Oh, there we go. We're back. Okay. Who knows? This fucking Mac. This thing has been such a Oh, lemon. Mac's a dog Mac shit for streaming and Zoom and all that. Yeah, it's really, this, anyway. Yeah, they're. I don't know. You get you locked in. I keep buying them. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm not going back to yeah. Windows, so I don't. Yeah, I hate it, but not I hate it, but you know, there's no. What were you? Um, you've you dated you've dated girls in Sweden, Finland, Estonia. That is correct. Yes. Give me if you could sum it up. What what's the each, mm. what's the difference between those three? Like, what's your? If you had to explain 
dating life or, or the, the kind of girls there mm. that you would date? What's in those three countries? And Latvia too. Did you ever date a Latvian girl or a Norwegian girl? I don't have a date, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm. I'm yeah, yeah. Okay, let's say, okay, he, there's date. a real good. Okay, we've got to break it down. Let's try and break it down. Um, there's yeah. a real good one between the comparison between Finland and Estonia, especially 10 years ago, because 10 years ago in Estonia, it was like, what, who do you think I am? I'm not some Eastern European slut. You think you can just go out with me and then we'll have a drink and then we're gonna go home and fool around. And I'll be like, no, no. come there for like a step. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm here. I'm doing a show or I'm hanging out. I'm clearly not just the stag. No, but you've like, you had to prove it to them that you weren't this fly in, fly out. Oh, it's like, I've been here for a year. You could leave at any moment. And I'm not some Eastern European whore. And you're like, all right, settle down, honey. Finland was because they were never Eastern European. They were always a free people. So they, Finnish chicks never had that hang up. They were just like, yeah, let's fuck. Like that's, they would never like, yeah, I know I'm not a whore, I'm Finnish. Like, yes, I I have self-esteem, it's okay. And so (laughs) um, it was never that same, like if they wanted, they wanted, and then it was fine. And it wasn't that same, I don't want to say resistance or something. I don't know. Maybe I just, maybe Estonian chicks just didn't like me or something. I don't know. What about Sweden? Uh, I've, I've, I was traumatized by, I was traumatized by Sweden because <laughs> I'm- hung up on that girl from 15 years ago. Yeah, totally. Like, Cause I, wow. I, I moved, no, <laughs> I moved there and I was like, I didn't know what I was doing with myself. And then there was this IT company that said, hey, we'll give you a well-paying job in Stockholm. And I just had the wrong idea. I had seen too many stock photos. I just thought they're all tall and good looking. And I'd met all these Swedes when I was traveling and they're all delightful and hot chicks. And I just thought it was the promised land. I thought I was moving to the land of milk and honey, that it was just gonna be endless opportunity for me. But only then when I got there did I discover that Swedes in Sweden, completely different. They're closed, they don't wanna talk to anybody new. They're nothing like the Swedes you meet in Thailand, nothing like the Swedes that you meet anywhere else. And I I went like the first three months in Stockholm without a date. And I, I wanted to kill myself. I was like, I thought I'd come to the greatest place on earth or the apps. Ugh. Right, and I couldn't Rough. get anything. So I, I think that was my my lesson that Sweden was not the place for me. And then, you know, even Helsinki looked like a better deal at the end of it than than that. Yeah, that's a big shock. I remember the first month I was in Finland. I lived in Finland 10 years. First month, I moved there in August, so it was still really nice. And I was just riding my bike to one of the lakes or somewhere along the, the peninsula somewhere. And there was these women, they're naked, they're butt naked, gorgeous, swimming in the water and it was kind of sunset and i was like this oh yeah this is the promised land i never saw a naked woman swimming in a lake since then i don't know what if my ex staged it she just had everyone like okay phil's coming we got a cue the naked girl and then i remember that then it was like two months after that it was like a cold day in in tapiola which is just outside of helsinki and there was a woman 
I was waiting for the bus, and there was a woman taking a shit just right at the bus stop. Pants drops, drops, just fucking shitting, and no one was doing anything. I was so I was like, this you you know what? No one's no one seems to care that there. I had to step over the you know, and I was upset because I had to take the bus again. I think because I, I had a car in the states, and I had to go back to using public transportation. So that combined with people shitting. Was, yeah, that doesn't work for an American going back to public transport. No, no. I tried that when I moved to San Francisco. I tried it. I lasted like nine months without a car. I was like, I'll take the train every day and I'll use the. It was kind of right before Uber started. So I took the bus and yeah, that lasted nine months. And then <laughs> that's because that's how down. I. Because when I first got to Sweden, other when I first got to Finland, I was still on like this weird one year working holiday visa. Nobody quite because no one, no one's coming just to Finland on the working holiday visa. Like it's on the books. Like there's a, there's a, a reciprocal deal between Finland and Australia or Australia and uh, the Finnish people can go to Australia for 12 months and just work as a, at a fucking cafe or picking fruit or something. So they gotta have the reciprocal deal that an Australian can go to Finland for 12 months, but no one's doing that. Like no one's going on their gap year to Finland. No. So yeah. I, I got that, but that meant that no Finnish authority quite understood what this visa was that I was working from. They're like, we've never seen this. Why would you do this? We've never seen this visa before. Apparently this is in the books, but we don't <laughs> like really understand this. Here? Huh? Yeah, huh? You, you were a pro at, at overstaying visas. and. Oh, I had everything. I had the one for Sweden visa, multiple versions. I had back in the day, I could, bef uh, here in Estonia, before Swedbank was Swedbank, it was called Hansebank, and they could give you a bank account. If you, j I gave them the address of the hostel that I was living at, <laughs> and they gave me a bank account, which okay. I was then routing my IT consulting through, like thousands and thousands. And no one asked questions. Those were the good old days of money laundering. It was great. You. I know. I'd be so suspicious. And I had to, when I first got to Finland, like they would let me live, but they wouldn't give me the personal number or some shit. And then I tried to register yeah. in the center and I got some hard bitch who just wasn't hearing it. And she was sick of what, foreigners or something. And then... I don't know if I was staying with you then, or I just had, I think I wasn't still staying with you, but that Australian, like you said, that fucking scamming Australian visa scamming brain of mine said, okay, well this woman at this one office won't let me do it. Who else can I talk to? And then I went, ah, oh, Phil lives in a whole other administrative district. So what I need to do is cycle the hour and a half or however the fuck it took me. Again, no public transport. I don't have a car or what, I don't remember. And I, I cycle all the way out to wherever you were living at the fucking whoop whoop suburbs of Helsinki, went to the office there, They've never seen a foreigner before. They don't, they're like, I'm smiling. I'm like, oh, well, here we are, Finland. And and then I, I somehow dropped. No, the moment was when I dropped that I had just moved from Sweden and that I had a Swedish number. And they went, well, if you're good enough for Sweden, you're good enough for us. Welcome in, son. And she put me on the books and I got everything and after that, like the authorities are like, how the fuck did you get this number? And I'm like, well, you just gotta fucking find the right lady. You just, you had a Volvo outside, just point to the Volvo. I got a Volvo. Svenska Volvo. What is? 
Yeah. What else are you gonna do? Yeah. That's oh my god. I had to scam. Eventually, I got sick of you, yeah, but yeah, I had to scam. And oh, Finland you was the only. But why aren't you? When are you gonna write your book, man? You I don't got, know, if you I remember live, things, gee, I gotta. You hmm? gotta lay off the herb. You gotta get that good Cali herb. I gotta. Gonna send you a care package yeah. from here, man. Legal weed. It's funny, it's illegal now to get a haircut, but it's totally legal <laughs> to buy weed. I got a, I got a dispensary. We call them dispensaries. They're right down the, right down the street from me. It's one of the high, the, the fancy kind of types. And it's a wonderful experience. Dang. How much Mary is a? Oh, I guess you don't. You use ounces. So I was gonna say how much is a gram, but I don't even know what grams to uh, ounces. You, get, it's a, you know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. I'll still buy. Because the they put a lot of tax on it and there's, mm. it's expensive. You can there's actually still people that are still selling weed, like really good stuff. They just skip the it's farm to table. You know, it's right from the the. Yeah, sure, it's organic. It's eco. Skip all the middle the middleman. <laughs> so, I mean, you can get an ounce from those of really for about hundred U.S. dollars. Um, but at this, if you go to the the proper channels, like a, a good eighth. So the, is uh, fifty or sixty bucks cheaper stuff maybe, but I don't even buy the herb stuff. I like I got the little uh, vape pen thingies. Oh nice! Do you have those in Estonia? They're they're fantastic. They no, I mean not with weed, but I think there's uh, e pens and all that shit. Oh, let me show you something here. If I can find one of them. Uh, I happen to be sitting right here. Yeah, they come in these little um, look like these little uh, these little suckers. And it's a weed and one. So That's a marijuana. Yeah, and it goes on. A, there's a battery that's like this big. It's okay, a little round battery, yeah. and you these are called we call them cartridges, and they're full of. And there's a battery that you charge on like a USB, and you can get one of these suckers. I, I'll buy this costs thirty bucks and lasts me like I could I could hit it all day every day for day, I don't know how long. I mean I I barely need. I take a little hit before bed or something just to help me sleep, but it's fantastic. And there's no so you're not lighting anything. There's no fire. You're not just disturbing people like you used to go to a show and people are smoking mm. and then the plume of weed like it's that's annoying just like someone's smoking a cigarette with you it's 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 annoying this way you can just take a hit when you need it and kind of shoot it up in the air or you get the edibles thing now they're getting crazy mm. with all the different types of i mean every single food or liquid if you can think of it they've infused marijuana that's what i would like it. that's the one thing that i the i want the legalization for like I want it's great. Yeah, I want you some get, edibles. Now it's so, yeah, you get the little. They have these um, chocolate covered uh, coffee beans that I love. This brand out of San Jose, and like, right. and they're they're five milligrams each, so you can kind of dose out. You like, I just want to get a little lifted, or I want to get high, or I want to get just it's straight retarded. Like you can dose. But that's the problem with this. I remember when I was on my thirtieth birthday, I was in Amsterdam, and I got a space cake. Mm. Um, and and you know there's no dosage on there. They just give you a brownie yeah. and you ate it, and then you you were were like in the bathtub, scared that they knew where you were. Or something. <laughs> I, something. I really. <laughs> yeah. So it's really they got a whole little system here. But it's literally, I can go buy go down the street buy um use a, use my debit card to buy Dang. marijuana. But if I got a haircut, I'd that's uh, a that's a big no no. That's, That's the world we're living in. Yeah, so many. When are you gonna come visit, man? When are you coming out here? I gotta. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta make it that. I got. Well, I don't know whether I'm traveling anymore. I mean, not even with lockdown. It's like all travel. You know, the the money starts draining out of the account. I think maybe you've forgotten we're comedians who can't perform right now. So <laughs> we're <laughs> attempting true. to save. We're doing all right, but you know, we may have to reprioritize those trips i do need to come because last last year i was in atlanta with my buddy there having a good time in new york and 
I got it. Cause you're pretty much exactly the opposite side of the globe. So whichever way you go, it's yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, you, you just get a plane ticket here, man. I'll take care of the rest. I got a place for you. We'll, nice. Uh, once all this is over, yeah, I got to come to San Francisco, man. You love California girls, man. You got a girlfriend now. So. Yeah. I got I got so, straight and narrow, bro. Straight and narrow. You got to go. That's pretend. that same girl you've been seeing for quite a while now, right? It's going good. Yeah. Nice. We've, great. We met, um, we've been dating now for uh, almost three years this summer mm. and uh, living together for a year and a half. Real nice. Something like that. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, she's a TV reporter for CBS, which is one of the big networks here. So she's... Uh, uh, she does the... She's still working through all this COVID stuff. She still has to go out and she's been reporting on COVID huh. since, since January doing nothing but... So yeah, I can turn on the TV at five, six, and seven and, and watch her on TV. Um, but we've, she's, she's been great, man. California girls got to get yourself, you know, your next, God forbid you and your sure. out <laughs> filled girls name you're dating right now. <laughs> you, uh, got to get yourself. California girls are laid back and, and cool and fun and, and just don't take life too seriously. And they, it's almost like you're reflecting this against Finnish women, Phil. Why would you be doing that? <laughs> I have experience dating one Finnish girl. We didn't even really date. We kind of just moved in together, which I don't ever recommend. We didn't, we met on each other on a cruise ship and then um, visited each other once and then decided to, or twice, once in Baltimore, once in Finland, and then decided to move in together, which is, we spent, what is it, like 20 days we actually spent together total before living together. We never actually dated. I don't recommend it. And I'm 22 at the time. And so, and then moved to Finland just for for her. Yeah, bad news. Greatest, greatest dumb thing I ever did in my life was at age 22, moved to moved to. That's Finland. so similar to what I did in Sweden, that I was... I'd already moved there though. So, okay, I yeah, I was having wrong ideas, but I started dating that Swedish girl. And then within like two months, I have some bullshit amount like this, we were living together because I, like the, oh, the classic story of me in those days, I got nowhere to go. I got kicked out of whatever place I was in and now I got to go somewhere else. And Lewis is too fucking lazy or incompetent to find his own place. The story of my life back then. And so, and it was mega hard to find accommodation in Stockholm, anywhere close to the center. Heaven forbid that I might actually want to take a train or something like a regular person. No, I've got to live within biking distance of whatever the center or some shit. So within like, two months we were living together and the only way I could justify it like somehow I justified it to myself because I was like well that's what they do here in Sweden the the real estate is expensive so it's a very normal cultural thing that people just meet and they just move in it's like a, a practical thing worst idea yeah. ever if you want to maintain a relationship and be normal and not you know kill each other well, they don't do the roommate. I feel like Finland and Estonia doesn't do the roommate yeah. thing. They're not here in San Francisco. We have very expensive housing. I mean, we have the most some of the most expensive housing in literally the entire world is San Francisco, New York, and um, you. So you have it's you. Ha I mean, shit. I was living with a roommate. I, I, my my ex and I broke up, and then I moved in with the Australian dude, mm. um, and we lived together until he moved out, knocked up a girl, and then he moved out. And then, <laughs> I was living on my own for a little bit, but pretty much my girlfriend was here constantly. So, um, 
and it's quite typical. You date a girl and she's got three other roommates, quite normal, like four girls hmm. or four dudes all living in a place, but they'd never- like a share house is what you mean by roommates. What's that? You mean share house. Share house is what you- They apartment together. Yeah, okay, share house, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 share, share house. Sounds like crack house. <laughs> That's um, what we call it in Australia. Yeah, okay. okay. It's yeah, a share so house, mate. They all live together and because yeah. it's too expensive. Um, and you don't want to just move in with someone right away and do that whole trap. But yeah, in Finland, I don't know anyone who had a roommate. Never. You know, that didn't just didn't didn't exist uh, for whatever reason. Well, I know there's a law in Finland. I don't know if it's still around, but if you lived, if you had a, a, um, a, a roommate of the opposite, if you lived with someone of the opposite sex for more than two years, you were automatically considered common law. So they literally, the state already married you, even if you just had a female <laughs> roommate. Which I mean, look, if you're living with a girl for two years and you're not fucking, then that's something's something's going on. The so law says we can do. fuck now. What are you? What the? the law says we can fuck now. Come on, what is? Well, yeah, right. That'd be the thing. But you're you're common law. And you'd have to support this person, and if there was things related to that, you literally have to support this person. Huh. Um, that just doesn't exist. People, just, men and women, don't. I mean, here you'd see people in their twenties. Sometimes men and women will uh, live in this same place, but we all that's a bad, that's a bad idea waiting to happen. You're going to have a girlfriend in a, in a second. If you, yeah, good luck. Like we're both bored. What do you mean it's Friday night? What should we do? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. You and your girl live together? No, no, not yet. We, we're going to, she's got to move. She lives in Tartu still. Uh, but we're even when she comes to town. Great we, town yeah. Tartu. I've had some great nights in Tartu. Oh yeah, dude. The in that Muku, that downstairs bar. Do you remember that? The downstairs and those Sparta shots and yeah, oh, it's good times. They were. No, we're not going to move in. We're going to give it some time. Yeah, all things need time. That's Who's good. in a I rush, that, man? I moved. I moved to Finland and I moved in with a girl right away. And we were already living together for a year and I bought my first house when I was 25. I say first house if I've had like, oh, this is the first of many. No, I've had one house. <laughs> that that <laughs> one on the place. outside of Helsinki, is that what you mean? Yeah, in Espo, yeah. yeah and I yeah, kind of yeah. moved, for some reason I didn't, I wanted to have, I don't know why, I don't know. I live my 20s like people live their 40s. I like bought a house in the suburbs. I went to work every day. I shoveled a lot of snow. Um, in fact, if I never see snow ever again, I, I literally don't care. <laughs> I literally never see snow ever again. I won't care. Um, and then, yeah, I heard Finland got rid of snow this year. Finally, I, like apparently it didn't happen at all, which is bizarre. But yeah, so we I lived my 20s, like people live their 40s, and then my 30s, kind of live like my 20s. And maybe my 40s, I'm living like my, I just turned 40. So I'm living, I'm gonna live it like my 30s. Doing yeah. the opposite, do it. Do, around. It's a good That's way to be. I'm a fucking 40 year old. I'm wearing basketball hair. <laughs> Boys in the hood. Like keyboards and it just, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm a perpetual teenager. I have like 60 baseball caps and yeah, I'm just- I've child. turned 40. We're kids. roughly the same age. I turned 40, whatever, in December or something. Happy birthday, man. Thank you. I, what I'm gonna my do, my, my teenage decision is after I was watching the episode of Rogan with Tony Hawk and I decided, do you know who Tony Hawk is? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, I didn't know they did. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I never watched that. Yeah, it was great. Listen to Tony Hawk. And I have always wanted to ride a skateboard. Always, like, it's something I never got to as a kid. I don't know, I was retarded. I had, I had a skateboard, it was shit. And 
never got to it. And then I became like 20, 25. And I was like, oh, I don't do, can't do that anymore. And then even now I was like, I'm 40. What sort of fucking 40 year old fucking living in the old days is still riding around. I'm with the kids. Like literally the meme that describes an old man trying to be with the kids is Steve Buscemi trying to go and, hey, what's like, he's literally holding a skateboard. The meme that describes an old man trying to be young is a guy holding a skateboard, Steve Buscemi. And I'm like, I can't do it. But then I watched Tony Hawk on Rogan and Tony Hawk's fucking 51. He is 51 and shredding it. And he's like, don't give a fuck. Just ride a skateboard. It's a good thing to do. You get outside, it's exercise. And I'm like, Tony Hawk, I'm buying that skateboard. I'm 40 and I don't care. I'm going to get a skateboard. You should, why not, man? Why not? I, I don't I don't have kids and I'm probably not going to have them. And I, I don't, I'm reliving all my, all my favorite things of getting stupid sneakers and hats and bas- basketball jerseys and watching. I'm just like, I'm like, like what my, when I was 12 years old, if I thought, like, what would my dream be? Like, hey, Phil, 12 year old Phil, what would you want to be like 30 years later? I mean, like, I'm literally living it. I'm my 12 year old's dream. I fucking skate, but yeah, right. Surfboards and a girl on TV with the big boobs. Yeah, I got all that. Just, right. Just literally, I'm a perpetual child. Yeah. Right. All my favorite stuff. Although, video games, I'm not in the video games, which is uh, when I was a kid, that was like life. Video games. You should be, bro. Do it, man. Do it. Fucking who cares? That's what COVID showed us. It doesn't matter. None of it matters what you're saving for your retirement. Maybe you're going to die. Like, uh, just enjoy it. My my father died. I was 23 when my dad died. He died. He was 56 or so. Died of cancer. Got cancer real quick. Got diagnosed in Finland. Came to visit me my first year in Finland. Came to visit for the first time. Got really sick on the plane. After a few days, we took him to the hospital. They diagnosed him with cancer at in the Helsinki hospital. Took him last time I ever saw him was at Helsinki Vanta Airport, flying home, and uh-huh. he's in a wheelchair now. And they're putting him back on, and and that's literally last time he died uh, thirty uh, a month later. And that that changed when you when you die at that age. I came up. My parents were the type that was like you. You you grow, you get married right out of high school. And you buy a house and you save. You start saving right away and you live very frugally and you have your job and you grow family and then you save and then and then the big payoff is when you retire. That's mm-hmm. like you're gonna move to Florida because that's what we do in Maryland. You move to Florida and that's when life really starts. And he missed and he was they're very excited about all that. They had all plans. My aunts and uncles had moved down there and then um, and then he died and none of that stuff happens. And to, and so I learned to start living and enjoying life now and if that means buying caps and synthesizers then then that fucking that's what i'm gonna do i worry about if i can make it to 65 and i'm broke but i'm alive and healthy then we'll chalk that up as a win (laughs) yeah i so you so your father had to like he was living the socialist dream he had to come to get the free health care in Finland, <laughs> I think they charged. I think they charged him. He had insurance. Oh, right, yeah. I'm sure that they, yeah, they that wasn't free. At they all, were cashing yeah, in on okay, that travel insurance. It is, bro. It. I wonder about that. Like, why are we waiting till where? I, I had this. I know I've talked a little bit about the, on this the podcast before, but this discussion with my father, where he sort of tries to raise the idea that even though I run a business and there's these things, it's like, what about the retirement? 
what are you going to do for your retirement? And this was, I mean, more than a year ago. So it's all before COVID taught us that there was there's possibly no, you know, getting to retirement anyway. And the only way I could explain it to him was, and it's like, I don't want to retire. Like, I don't want to be living month to month and week to week, don't get me wrong, when I'm 60. But like, my father had a job and it's a good job. It was a good job, reasonable pay. He liked it, it was a good position, he enjoyed it. He did it for many years. And then there came the time that it's the golden handshake. Thank you very much for your service to the company. And now it's time to retire. And then he retired and now he's doing all these other great things. He's fishing and they go on holidays and the gardening and he's he was volunteering for the local bushfire brigade and these are all great things this is a great way right this is not a bad way to live your life and i was trying to explain to him that i don't want to retire like okay what do i want to do i'm running this company i'm trying to make my shit i don't know do stand up yeah. i mean it's not like again not like i want to be 60 and doing stand up possible you love what you but, do for a living i mean that's a big difference yeah. one loves whatever job your dad had i'm sure he didn't love it but and uh but you're doing something that you love and you're building a company yeah i guess that's different i want to keep doing it i don't yeah i don't want to just i don't want to i want to have some savings but i don't like as long as i can write as long as i can talk Hopefully I've built some credibility by then and people want to read my book or something. I don't know, whatever the fuck the thing is. And that's all I, I don't know, I can't. I mean, you do, you went to that, you know, you go to the office. Imagine that you live in Espo for the rest of your days. Well, that, you know, when I got, when I was going through, when I broke up with my ex and got laid off, well, I was laid off and I started a new job and then was, things were bad. I literally was thinking like, I'm going to make a career out of comedy. I'm like, this is the perfect opportunity. I'm like, I want to move to LA because in, in the States, you either go to New York or LA for comedy, right? You start off in whatever redneck town you're from, maybe move to one of the larger cities, Portland, Seattle, San Francisco have great comedy communities. Chicago is really great. And then you either you need to go to LA. Usually if you're more of the actor style comic, you'll go to LA. If you're more of the joke writer, writer type comedian, you'll go usually go to New York. Um, but I love, I love California. So I was like, I'm gonna move to California get a writer's job down there, work for a TV show, do the grind. And, and kind of restart my career. I was like, this is great. I can be poor and I don't have to worry about anybody else because being poor on your own is fine. But if you've got a girl you're with uh. you and you're poor, then you got a whole nother, <laughs> another problem or a family or something. So I was like, this is the perfect time. And But then you hear, you listen to a lot of comics and they'll always say they're full-time comics. They, if they could have a nine to five, they would totally go back to doing that. Like they, if they could have just steady income and they don't have to worry about it, they have a job. And, they, and then they, that they would totally go back and do that. They just get to the point where they've been doing comedy their whole lives. They couldn't possibly then go back. Just like I couldn't restart a comedy career at age 30 something. They couldn't start a, a corporate gig years, years later. So, you, yeah. you know, I guess grass is always greener or something. It is. Know. There is some combination of that. I mean, and then it's, yeah. I mean, how, what's your dedication to the art because you got to grind away like it's one thing for me to say that oh i'm a comedian and i'm an estonia i do this but i still run the company and i still derive part of my income from running a company and doing admin and helping my sales person do the sales job and helping my project manager do that and that's still it's not like oh i live all from the jokes and I live all from my ability to write a clever punchline. That's very mixed 
yeah. way that I get that income. Because if you want to just be a performer, you're right. It is hard. You got to, especially got to support somebody. Like there's one thing I do like about the comedy scene in Estonia. I mean, many things that I like, but like, if you want to be a comedian, you, you only need like, if you, you could live on like 600 bucks a month. If you were dedicated to it, if you were like, I'm going to do this. I don't want to take no bullshit job. I'm sick of this. I just want to, I could just get a little apartment. It's terrible. There's going to be a bed, but it's going to be all right. And you know, cause I'm like working towards something and that's a nice part of this that you can still. Yeah, but there's comics, the guys that are doing it, then they all they yeah. talk, all they write about because they write about being fucking poor and not getting laid and being broke and that kind of comedy gets old real quick like i out of open my guys it's just like i suck life sucks girls don't like me blah, blah. it's just uh. like that's you know but the same token my god i'm sure your comedy career would be over if you suddenly won the lottery like good luck <laughs> you, i mean so then you see the other side then you see these comics when they've got the tv shows and they come back and they do stand up and they're just talking about what it's like to have a tv show yeah. they make jokes about that i mean it's good you make jokes wherever wherever you're at in life i mean i love like pat oswalt one of my favorite comics that guy was into him when he was just you know living in san francisco broke and doing that kind of thing and then he got then he moved and got a show and the girlfriends and then and dating and then had a baby and then his wife died oh my mm. god uh yeah he did a comedy special just after his wife died unexpectedly i was at i was at the show he, he i've never seen people cry at a comedy show literally like people are weeping in the audience huh. uh as he, he tries to turn his wife's death into to something funny which uh is, is amazing to do but yeah you as you go you're 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 you just keep writing that's why i think we have a lot of com the comics that i like are the ones that kind of started with and they kind of got up like that's why i watch a lot of young comics in their 20s and even there's especially with netflix nowadays everybody's it's kind of like another comedy boom all thanks to netflix and everyone mm. can get a special and it's like maybe i'm just being an old man now but some of the younger style like it's just not fucking funny like what happened to writer write a joke right <laughs> what do you think about you, you commented before that Hey, if you want to do comedy in America, you got to be in New York or LA. They're yeah. the main places where it's popping and that's where it's at. But what do you think about the way that you should, uh, what about, about like going to a secondary comedy city, maybe Chicago, like I, I don't know enough about America here, Seattle, another large center where you can get quality stage time, grind away, maybe it's a little bit cheaper to live and get better before you hit the big center. What do you think about some plan yeah, like that? Yeah, that's a good way. It's almost like the minor leagues of any sports where you like start at the low and then once you, there's a saying in San Francisco, there's a very popular comedy club here called the punchline. And it's like, one, if you're middling, if you're the middle act at the punchline, you've been here too long. Like you, <laughs> that's your, that's when you know it's time to move on. And it's kind of a thing like I've achieved, that's the highest you're ever gonna get is gonna be a middle act at the punchline. And then when you're done that, you know it's time to move to LA or New York. But yeah, that's, um, it's, it's, uh, you're just gonna get, you need to get better. And the only way is getting better is being surrounded by better comics. And you're gonna get only better comedy mm. scene is gonna be down. And that's where the jobs are gonna be. Like that's when you're actually gonna get stuff. I look at East Malek a lot, that dude, he is a Finnish comic that's just one of the funniest dudes. And he, he'd come to our stuff, he'd do it in English. He started yeah. practicing. I remember before every show, he'd always come up to me with his notes. And he's like, what's, what's this mean word? And, uh, and then help him with freaking English. And then he won a comedy competition that was done by the, what's the, one of the famous- The comedy uh, store, isn't comedy it? Comedy store, comedy store, yeah. Was it the comedy this, store? This yeah. 
Yeah, it was the Comedy Store. Yeah. Or was it the Laugh Factory? No, no Laugh, Laugh Factory. I should Factory. know. Do you know the story behind that? That how what? That I was the one that entered him into the competition. Oh, did you really? The Laugh Factory, but through Comedy Finland, because I had the Comedy Finland website, the oh, Laugh nice. Factory contacted me. I guess they were just like blasting whoever they thought was in international comedy and said, who oh, do you want from your international scene? And I understood I was dog shit that I would never get anywhere. So I said, okay. I, and I literally went to the internet and I downloaded a video of Andre Wikström, cut it up, put that up and a video of Ismo Lekala, cut it up, put it up. Cause I didn't want to tell him to go fuck himself. So I said, well, here's a video of Andre Wikström and Ismo Lekala, do you want no that? Shit. And entered them. And at first, it, the very first competition, it said Ismo Lekala represented by Comedy Finland. And it said Andre Wikström represented by Comedy Finland. And I remember writing to them going, hey, I don't want to say that I represent Andre Wikström. I don't want to, you know, be out of place. I just entered him and Ismo went, and uh, and I, I don't know if Ismail kind of knew that or something. Um, I like I never heard shit out of them about that. Um, to the point where um, the once Ismail won and got representation, and I understand that's out of Ismail's hands. Now then, the management kicks in. Then there's many more layers that he is not involved with. Get involved in this process. I got a YouTube copyright strike on the video that won him the competition that I had submitted. Oh my God. <laughs> I went, okay, we'll take it down. Okay, no problems. <laughs> so it's that's just, ridiculous. it's fine. It's just, I understand I that's know, the that's... game, baby. That's the process. I'm very happy for Ismo. He's kicking ass. He's a funny he's, guy. Dude, he, everybody, around, everyone knows Ismo here. They've all seen huh. his, um, a couple of his bits that he does the, the ass one and then he's i don't know he's just taking english words and turning it into 40 minute specials but he, <laughs> i don't know why that guy and he's and i've seen him and whenever he's in town he he lets me know and i'll, I'll he'll get me on the guest list and i'm oh, gonna nice. see him and he's killing it with the english audiences and he's touring um i don't know why he hasn't gotten a special i mean he's clearly got enough material to have a special i mean there's yeah. so much garbage on netflix especially the fly of the, the nine foreign comics they've been putting a lot of that in on netflix and it, it's just not it's just not good but he's legit um i kind of wonder if he's just waiting to like you kind of got one shot your first special either is going to make or break you right yeah. you can't okay yeah. put out some crap so he needs to make a killer um so maybe he's just perfecting and waiting and waiting um to to hit um but that that he's going to when that special comes out it's yeah. going to be phenomenal phenomenal people are going to be quoting it and he's going to get huge yeah i feel like how he got rid of his last name that i was must have been a, yeah. i think it's the first thing his manager did yeah. was like all right he's already a weird name we can't even get the like lay cola lay lie cola lay princess leia uh, it reminds me of like who was yakov smirnoff like one of these kind of character 80s actors um even says and when you see every time i've seen ismo he says like this is my real voice. Like I'm not a fucking character. <laughs> like I talk, I talk like this. And yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, what was that one joke? I forget he used to do it. He used to start off every set by saying, uh, normally I do a comedy in Finnish, but tonight I use Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> that always made me laugh. He was good, man. I Dude, remember, yeah. 
We got to wrap things up here, man. Yeah, we, we do. Oh, we've been talking forever. Sorry, bro. Forever. You got, no, you got been, stuff to do. For, for hours. Yeah, I got to go. It's getting late here as well. But what do you, what's on your schedule? Before, what's on your lockdown schedule today? Dude, um, I am going to go to work and or sit here, which is work. I, I got some exercise in and uh, I've had this new passion. I'm really into uh, designing board games and board and card games. Now I've always been, huh. do you remember that? Do you ever play game? I was super into it back in the day. I'm an only child. So this sounds like nothing I know about. Oh my God. Poor thing. Um, there was a, called the, when I first moved to Finland, I had nothing to do. And I found this group that would play board games. And there was these, we call them, we used to call them German games back then. They're called Euro games nowadays. Cause they, all the designers and publishers were from Germany and they were really big in, in Europe. And then they got, they kind of moved to the U S and I've always super, I've always had a huge collection. I've literally have hundreds of board, hundreds of boards and card games that I huh. own. Um, and uh, I was always into designing. Even when I was a little kid, I would design shitty games. And uh, so I took it seriously like a couple years ago. I wound up doing less comedy actually, and then doing, needed something to kind of fulfill that creative vibe. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I just, I meet up with this group every week and then we design board game, we design something and we bring our prototypes and we like play test them and we give each other feedback and we try to help each other. And nowadays with Kickstarters and things and you can, uh, you can get stuff out there. That's so cool. I got to, uh, yeah, get back to designing um, some some prototype I'm working on. That's kind of, but I actually, a lot, it's very nice. similar. I use the same process I use for comedy as I with with board games. And it's tough at the beginning when you don't, just like when you're a shitty open micer and you have one joke, this is the same thing. But you got to just persevere. It's just work. You know, it's comedy. It's work. It's like, keep doing it. Keep grinding at it. And something's going to happen. I like it. So yeah, so it's maybe one day philosophy. I'll have a name on, on, a, on a fucking board game. Nice, man. Monopoly 2.0, man. <laughs> All right, Dude, bro. Well, thanks, you, man. man. Yeah, it was fucking cool thanks to catch up. Yeah. Miss you, bro. Yeah, man. Okay, as soon as they'll let us fly, I got to come over to San Fran and, and hang For out real. with you. It sounds great, man. For real, dude. All right, bro. All right, we'll end the recording now. All right, well, have a good day, man. Thanks, homie. That was fun. Yeah, thanks, dude. All right, bye-bye. Later.